is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for a Friday afternoon, Masters Friday, and uh, the Jets back at home tonight taking on the powerhouse Colorado Avalanche. Big weekend for the Winnipeg Ice as we talked to Brian Munns as well. Moose playing and not lots to get to right off the top of the program with Michael Remus in just a second. Uh, we've got a great slate today. One of our favorites, Reed Fowler of DraftKings and the PGA Tour, going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes or so. We'll have the latest from Augusta. Thoughts on the start of Tiger Woods' round and a little recap of what happened with the morning groups as well for the Masters as we head into the weekend. And a little bit of a look at what the cut may end up being at the end of play today. Um, obviously, lots of Jets topics to kick around today. Going into tonight's game against the Colorado Avalanche. And Ken Weeb will join us. Always fun catching up with Weaver. And it's not Friday without a visit from Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Major League Baseball opening day yesterday. And of course, the Jays start their season tonight against the Texas Rangers. Lots of excitement about that game. We'll hit it all as well as some of the latest news from south of the border in the National Football League over the course of the week with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And it is Friday. That means the marble race will happen as well towards the end of the program for those of you with us on YouTube. And I do actually also have a pair of uh, pretty sweet tickets for the game tonight, which will also give away to a uh, great Winnipeg Sports Talk viewer and listener later on in the program. Hey, a big shout out to the uh, great sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Great to have Aikens Lake back on board with us. Cannot wait to get out to Aikens this summer. And of course, our newest sponsor, Wallace and Wallace as well. F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend Country Club, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Princess Auto, BP, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club, who will be partnering up on the Marble Race a little later on today. And of course, our betting partners over at Cool Bet Canada. And speaking of Cool Bet, if you missed it, Dustin Nielsen and I just finished the latest edition of the Lock Shop heading into the weekend. So you can check that out on our Twitter feeds if you want to watch it. Or if you're listening on the podcast, do us a favor, wherever you get in Winnipeg Sports Talk, search the Lock Shop and uh, give us a sub for uh, two episodes a week which is going to be growing as we get into the summer and into next football season all right let's get after it michael remus joins me right now remo you ready for the weekend or what i am fired up for the weekend we have masters baseball i renewed the mlb package after i canceled it during the lockup but i'm back uh, and also yeah jets we got jets too so don't don't forget about them even though you know, the playoff chances are at a very slim as I much even, as we might try. <laughs> I didn't even look I didn't even look today, but um just cause, you know. Sorry, we're down to zero point two percent. Yeah, listen, I haven't been I haven't been checking the five thirty eight number to see if we can get a better number on that, maybe point five no. and to be well, honest, haven't been paying attention to the uh, to the standings very much. I almost took a hockey a night off of hockey. I think I was still so bent about the game on Wednesday that uh, did not. I I basically went out yesterday after the show, hooked up with a couple friends, watched the Masters. There's nothing. It, it, listen, I got to give a shout out to bars that during the Masters cranked the sound and put it on all of all of the televisions. We went down to uh, to a spot yesterday over the uh, the new St. James Hotel, 
And uh, man, they did a great job. It was a really, really fun place to uh, to watch. And I mean, about as good as of an environment as you could as well. So maybe we'll get after that uh, to, uh, this afternoon. But yes, tonight it is the Winnipeg Jets and the Colorado Avalanche. And uh, well, Tiger Woods, we can tell you, is on the course right now. Um, afternoon tea times are going. We'll get into the Masters a little bit later on with Reed Fowler in about 20 minutes. And of course, we'll have an extended conversation on the state of the Jets going into tonight with Ken Weeb. Uh, but Remo, uh, it'll be a different looking lineup tonight. Uh, no Captain Blake Wheeler and a change on the blue line. Yeah, after the show, we did have an emergency call up. Dylan Sandberg called up from the Manitoba Moose. Billy Hainala getting sent down and we weren't really sure what that meant until today Sandberg speaking to the media and Lowry confirming after he'll be in Stanley out let me bring up the picture here for all of our YouTube YouTube uh, viewers here we go um he's in uh I just going by you know what the lines were last game I just slotted him in for where Stanley was with Dylan Schmidt Bianc were together Morrissey DeMello and then we have Blake Wheeler they said he was banged up at the end of the game. I don't know. It looked like he was flying to me at, at times, doing circles around the offensive zone, but he is out getting a day-to-day. -day. And Svechnikov goes up with Connor and Dubois. We got Stasny straight for the Eelers together, Sanford, Lowry, Appleton. And then Adam Brooks coming on the right side with uh, Barron and Morgan Barron and Dominic Toninato. So they're aligned. Hellbuck starting, as always. And I get this is, I mean, 0.2% got to win, went out. If Just you stop get mentioning in. the 0.2%, please. 0 0.2, 0.2. 0 so Listen, we're the, going until they're mathematically eliminated. <laughs> we have to. We'll have plenty of time. We'll have plenty of time to discuss the roster once the math is complete. But right now, technically alive. In my mind, the math is complete right now. There is you know, a couple great reasons to go to the game tonight, though. Certainly get a chance to mm -hmm. see this Colorado Avalanche club. Dylan Sandberg, as you mentioned, is going to get back into the lineup. It'll be interesting to see how he looks. I have been to quite a few Moose games in the last month or so, and he continues to uh, you know, look like he's ready for you know, the challenge of the National Hockey League. So it'll be interesting to see him. And from Billy Hanela's perspective, I mean, I don't really know what to say other than hey, if he's going to be in the press box or not play very much here in Winnipeg, it's important that he gets to play and the Moose have games tonight and tomorrow in Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, and it'll be good for Billy to go and play some significant minutes because, I mean, that really hasn't been happening as of late. We'll kind of get into more about this move and we'll ask Ken about it. I was a little surprised that, you know, they were both returning Billy to the Moose and yet calling Dylan Sandberg up uh, on an emergency recall basis. Uh, but that's sort of where the team is right now. And, um, you know, as I said, very interesting to see. I mean, the loss of Blake Wheeler up front, Reem, um, pretty simple to get Svechnikov back up with Connor and Dubois. He has had quite a bit of success at times this year with that unit. And um, Adam Brooks will just pop in on that fourth line. Um, but, you know, looking, considering the competition tonight and what this game could look like, I imagine Dave Lowry will continue to lean heavily on those top three lines. Um, and we'll see what, you know, depending on the game score, uh, how much um, Baron, Tony Nato, and Brooks get a chance to play. But I am looking forward to seeing Dylan Sandberg tonight. Uh, as I said, he's looked really good in the Moose uniform so far this season. Yeah, I thought all the guys who came up from the Moose this year, uh, Hanela, Kovacevic, Sandberg, Chisholm, they they look good. And I'm going with the Nintendo ice hockey theory. Logan Stanley's coming out. He is a technically a fat guy. 
and Hainala would be a skinny guy. You can't replace a fat guy, skinny guy. We all know the, the Jets' defense, they got too many medium skinny guys. So I think you got to keep that balance there. So take out Stanley, you got to replace him with a similar, similar player. This is what I think that they're thinking is, and you know what, they'll give Sandberg uh, a try here. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I thought he was look strong. You know, he's battled some injuries. He was on the list. But now he's back. He's ready to go. And, uh, you know, nice to see, I think, him getting back in the lineup. And I wonder if we will see more rotating in of some of these young D, give some of the veterans a rest as, you know, the playoff chances uh, are all but, ex- or you know, further extinguished. Hey, two things for you just quickly to fire out. Uh, fire out a tweet if you can that oh. we're uh, live and just mentioned who we're doing. And then once you've done that, Remus, Go into your DMs. Mm-hmm. I have just sent you a breaking news report from one Kevin Weeks that I think we should play live on the program. Of course, Kevin Weeks. You know, I could, has, could just read the tweet. I don't need to watch the video. No, but I think the video, like, that's the oh. thing. The Weeks tweets, the Weeks <laughs> breaking news tweets are the best. The backgrounds, I think he's in the pool today with it. So uh, it certainly will make, it, like, the people will be able to hear it that are listening to it, but I think the people on YouTube will appreciate the creativity of another Kevin Weeks bomb with the news of a major signing of a first overall selection in the National Hockey okay. League for the Buffalo Sabres. Here, we'll go to, I'll play the week. This is the Weeks bomb. Are you, are you ready? <laughs> I love here? these. I love these. What's going on, you NHL hockey fans? You know I can't swim. I could skate. Can't swim. All good, though. Breaking news. I repeat, breaking news. Buffalo Sabres to sign their top prospect defenseman out of the University of Michigan. First overall pick, Owen Power. I am here. I wish every bit of NHL news was broken by Kevin Weeks, wherever the heck he is, with his selfie-style cameras and uh, uh, selfie-style videos. Uh, are always great, and I got to give Kevin credit. I mean, he has really been breaking a ton of news, uh, really dating back to the time heading into the trade deadline. and. Uh, Remo, this is big, big news for the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, they get uh, the guy that they had thought they might get at the beginning of this season. He went back to Michigan. Uh, he played, what, Olympics, World Juniors, Frozen Four, and now it's time to uh, join the Sabres uh, who are in Florida tonight taking on the uh, the Panthers. I doubt that he'll be probably be playing in this game tonight, but uh, interesting to see Owen Power get into it. And uh, as I said, always here for Kevin Weeks breaking news. Sorry, Owen, pa- Owen, pa- I'll restart. O- Owen Power uh, was just playing with Michigan and they got eliminated from the Frozen Four. Big upset. They have a number of prospects, uh, Maddie Berniers, Reed Johnson, and um, who's that? Luke Hughes. So they got eliminated. And so what a time for him to sign his entry level contract with the Stabers. Um, so I we'll thought see. that Frozen Four yeah. was going to be, it, I mean, it just looked like it was going to be Minnesota and Michigan. Both mm. of them lost yesterday. Yes. It's the Denver Pioneers and the Minnesota State Mavericks, formerly Mankato State, playing for the uh, for the championship. So when that happens, you know, not only is it interesting that power signing, but we'll also see some of those other top free agents that we talked about with Mike Snee earlier this week potentially available to get signed. But um, as far as the Jets go, they got the Ukrainian men's chorus singing the anthem tonight, which um, is always special. Uh, and I understand, Remo, that the 50-50 proceeds are going to the Canada-Ukraine fund and the Jets have a deal right now on upper bowl seats with $10 of those tickets going to uh, support the cause as well. Yeah, here's the Jets putting it out on 
social media today. Uh, yes, Tuesday will sing the anthem. I think their record has very, you know, we talked about their bobblehead, yeah, uh, uh, bobblehead record, but their record when Hoosley sings, I think, is like opposite. So I'm pretty sure they're undefeated in yeah. the regular season. They did lose a playoff game at one point, but uh, uh, they were, of course, came out and that, you know, honestly, you know, there's been a lot of disappointments and disappointing moments this season. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, that Montreal game, um, when they sang the anthem, that was one of the most powerful moments I can remember being involved in any sporting event um, that I've been at for, for a very, very long time. Um, we know the situation continues to be incredibly serious over there and how much that's affecting the Ukrainian community here in Winnipeg and Manitoba. Um, so not only will we get to see the best anthem in the business, but a great way to uh, support um, you know, some important charities to help those in need right now because of what's happening overseas. Yes, well said. So, uh, you know, it's funny. You, you talk about the Jets against Detroit, how we thought, okay, yeah, like they're favored to win. This is a big letdown game. And now it seems like all chips are stacked against the Jets tonight against Colorado. You're missing your captain. You know, you just had maybe the most disappointing loss of the season and you're playing against the top team in the Western Conference. Feel, feels like a win tonight, Huss. Feels like they're going <laughs> to gonna match Colorado stride for stride. I mean, they did get up 3 nothing on them the last time they played. I thought they were going to cruise to a victory, but... Um, oh, God, yeah. I forgot about that game. Yeah. That, that <laughs> game. And, uh, that, and that is maybe, you know, gives you a reason to pause before going yes. into this one and not getting your expectations up too much. But yeah, 3 nothing after the first. And then, I mean, you want to talk about an avalanche, um, literally in the last 40 minutes of that of that game. I mean, the three in the second, three in the third. Um, and listen, they were flexing on the Jets. This is the best team in the Western Conference right now and arguably the best team in the National Hockey League. And, you know, they come in getting ready to, uh, you know, from their perspective, go on a very long playoff run. Um, you know, from my perspective at this point, I mean, I don't care if the Jets win or lose. I mean, to be honest with you, in the big picture, losing probably helps them out a little bit. I mean, I'm not one that just wants them to lose every game. I do want them to come out and play, um, you know, like with a bit of pride and with a bit of passion, especially for the people that are paying their hard-earned money to get out there for that uh, that game. And I do expect that they'll be better. I mean, frankly, if they're not a heck of a lot better, it'll be a very embarrassing night for the Winnipeg Jets. So, um, listen, there's not much to play for right now. Certainly some younger players, a guy like Dylan Sandberg, getting Svechnikov with a great opportunity tonight uh, to take advantage of. Um, but in a lot of ways, I mean, I think we're going to see a real test of character for the Winnipeg Jets over the last 11 games of this season, beginning tonight against Colorado and a test that I don't think they passed on Wednesday night against the Red Wings. Yeah. And these two teams have played twice already this season, both in Denver, Colorado scoring a combined 13 goals in those, in those two games, seven, one was the score in the first game in January. And we all remember the. 3-0 lead the Jets had in February, which turned to a 6-3 loss to Colorado. So you know that they're capable. They have firepower. But we did see, you know, another Stanley Cup contender come in here uh, last month, Tampa Bay, and the Jets, maybe Tampa took the Jets lately, and, you know, they won 7-4. So, uh, again, odds seem to be against the Jets, but the power of the Hoosley Choir, I think, um, is giving me second thoughts here on if they can win this game would be nice to get a win after you know snapping to snap this 
three-game losing streak. Oh, it would be great for the team mm. to get a win. I mean, I, I think that, uh, listen, I, I that was rock bottom, at least for some of the players. I mean, I, I felt Josh Morrissey in the post-game speaking mm. about how the locker room was absolutely silent. And, I mean, you could feel that, um, you know, the realization and the disappointment that, you know, we've sort of been feeling and talking about is became a real reality. If it wasn't already, I think it was a reality for a lot of players on that team, by the way, that game went on Wednesday, to be honest. Uh, but for a guy like Josh Morrissey, who has uh, had a great season and has had carried so much of the load on the blue line, um, talking the way he did after that game, you realize that, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a tough situation for everybody involved. But I mean, you got to pick yourself up off the mat. They're professionals. Get out there, do their best, and, you know, see how they match up against, uh, you know, a hell of a team in the Colorado Avalanche. And a team that, you know, even if it's not next year, if they want to get back and want to be a contender and be in the mix and be in the playoffs, this is a team that you're going to have to measure yourself against in the Central Division and the Western Conference. And it looks like the, the team is pretty healthy uh, going into tonight's game. And obviously, they've got a few new people. Nazem Kadri's still out in Landeskog, so those are two pretty key players, um, and Ryan Murray. But they do have Nathan McKinnon back in the lineup who uh, missed a couple games after that fight with Matt Dumba. He's going to be rolling with his uh, tag team partner, Miko Rantanen, and Andre Burakovsky gets the spot that is normally taken by Captain Gabe Landeskog. Uh, and then we're going to get a chance to see a few of the newer players on the uh, on the squad. Arturi Lekkinen playing on the second line with Comfort and Nikushkin. And of course, he was traded by the Habs to the Avalanche for the brother of new Jet Morgan Baron, Jordan Baron, who just scored his first NHL goal earlier this week. Um, Alex Newhook's in the lineup and Nico Sturm, another new addition uh, for the club. And Darren Helm coming back home as well. Um, I'm sure, you know, it was funny. I saw a few Helm Red Wings jerseys at the game on Wednesday night. I'm not sure if we'll see a bunch of Helm Avalanche jerseys tonight, but I can tell you that uh, friends and family will be looking forward to uh, to hearing Darren Helm. Let's get back to the Jets, the Remus. Great idea. I, a lot of people wondering, A, what was up with Billy Hanel being sent down, Dalen Sandberg's recall, Blake Wheeler's injury. Here's a little bit of Dave Lowry from earlier today at the uh, pregame presser discussing the state of the lineup and uh, with the Winnipeg Jets for this evening. Sandberg's in, yep. For Stanley. Okay. He banged up. Yeah, he's dealing with uh, a couple minor ailments. Okay. And what can you tell us about the decision to send Billy back? Give uh, him an opportunity to get into some games. And uh, we wanted to bring uh, Sammy up and uh, get him into a game here tonight. What's been the weight on Dylan Sandberg? Sorry? What's been the weight on Dylan? I know that he's been someone you've liked all season I know he's had injuries too but yeah he he, uh, he went down he had to play some games um, he we, we liked the games that uh, he played when he was here um, but a lot of times it's his uh, roster decisions are based on on the business side too and that uh, sometimes sometimes happens and obviously with uh, trade deadline coming and going and uh, limited call-ups and all that factor into like Billy versus Dylan in this case or nope nope this was a decision that uh, that we had talked about and we've been talking about uh, making uh, Blake's injury is it something he's been dealing with he's been playing good hockey lately I'm wondering if he suffered it last game or if it yeah was... he got uh, he got banged up last game 
All right, so there is a little update from uh, head coach Dave Lowry of the Winnipeg Jets. Dylan Sandberg in Vili Hanela back to the Moose. He'll get a chance to play tonight and tomorrow for the Moose in Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, and again, we'll see what happens after these two games. And the Jets have a very, very busy week coming up. Five games in seven days beginning on uh, on on Sunday uh, with the Ottawa Senators, Montreal Canadiens, a day off, a game, another game, and then another couple to begin that road trip. I guess it's Seattle at home. And then the road trip, um, that, that trip that looked pretty daunting earlier when we knew what the task was for the Winnipeg Jets. Now doesn't matter much, but um, still a very, very difficult trip going to Florida, Tampa, the Rangers and Carolina for that final road trip of the season. But um, going to be a busy weekend for the Winnipeg Jets. Lots of hockey to be played. Be interesting to see whether Vili Hainala gets back into the lineup or he settles in with the Manitoba Moose, plays a lot, and gets ready for uh, the Moose's playoff date, which, of course, will uh, be in the Calder Cup playoffs coming up in a couple weeks, Dream. Yeah, and there's one... Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see what happens. I wonder if, you know, if you look at the stretch next week, this just seems ridiculous, playing five games in seven nights, two back-to-backs. I do wonder if they will look to rotate in some of these... Um, you know, some of their defensemen. Uh, we'll, wait and, we'll wait and see. And, you know, interesting here, Blake Wheeler, as you said, got banged up last game. I mean, he looked, I agree with Jeff, he looked pretty good. And Logan Stanley dealing with some, some ailments. So uh, calling up Samberg. I still go with, you know, you, you replace a, a fat guy with a fat guy. You can't, they got enough skinny guys as it is. Yeah. It's your boy Bruce in chat agreed with me. So. Yeah, any NES NES uh, roster management uh, yeah. going right back to the old days. Um, and yeah, hey, listen, Stanley out, um, and we'll see it Samberg again. I mean, listen, I know, and we've talked, been talking about this all week. Sometimes these conversations get to, so polarizing, pitting one young player against another. Uh, but overall, I think at this point in the season, count me in for seeing a bunch of them at right now, and uh, maybe giving a few of the vets a couple of games off mm-hmm. in the final eleven games well, of the season. This stretch here. Like if, I know we joked yesterday we don't want to hear the Jets complain about the schedule, but like, does this ever happen? Five games in seven nights with a bag bag. If they want to complain after this, go. I know we said yesterday we don't want to hear it, but look, you're over well, the playoffs. This is it doesn't matter anymore. This is silly. Yeah, you're not trying. Yeah, they're out of the playoffs at this point. So if they want to complain, if they want to rotate in and guys do some load management, I think that would be a great time to do it because look. As you said, it'll probably be more beneficial to lose these games. We don't want to see that, but you can use it as a time for evaluation and play some guys, um, you know, who haven't seen in time. You know, Wheeler, they said he's banged up. Maybe someone else gets banged up, has to miss uh, some other games. We'll wait and see. Yeah, well, as I said, we'll get to all of these topics and uh, much more with Ken Weeb uh, in about 20 minutes or so on the program. We are going to talk Masters in just a sec. They're really pumped to have our friend Reed Fowler from DraftKings join us. Uh, just before we get to the links, uh, a big thanks to our newest sponsor, Winnipeg Sports Talk, Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist. Hey, you've seen their fences and trucks all over the city. Wallace and Wallace has been serving residential and commercial customers here in the city since 1946. If your property needs the security and protection of a new fence or winter's done a number on your old one, give them a shout. They do it all vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. Wallace and Wallace has the right fence for you. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've also got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Give them a call at 452 2700 
Ben, Charles, Mark, and the rest of the experts at Wallace will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. And you can also find them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off Keniston. Um, hey, summer's just around the corner, as are the Winnipeg Nightlife Awards. Don't forget to get out there, wnla.ca. Give your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk a vote if you could. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll, I know Remus will get dolled up in his F apparel suit. Um, F apparel, full line of custom suits and clothing for men. They've got it all, including suits, dress shirts, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, shoes, ties, accessories, and more. Hey, every guy le needs at least one suit that fits and looks great. And F's custom-made suits start at just $400. They're the top choice in Winnipeg for wedding and grad suits. And wedding parties get 15% off when the group buys their suits from us. Pop down and see Andrew and the gang. Great locally owned business, 190 Smith Street downtown. You can make an appointment or find out more online at fephapparel.com. And of course, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market are continue to be stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local, organic, and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices with a very knowledgeable staff trained on these products to help you get what you need. And hey, if you're into organic produce, local grass fed meats, or a great grab-and-go deli featuring healthy and delicious Vita Market salad, soups, and sandwiches. Vita is the store for you. In business since 1936, 85 years of empowering people to lead healthy lives. Check them out at one of seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, or their fully shoppable website online at myvita.ca. All right, Hacksaw, join us. We'll do marbles in the final hour of the program. We'll have an extended Jets conversation with Ken Weeb coming up. But it is Masters Friday, and we are very lucky to uh, welcome in our good friend, Reed Fowler from DraftKings, who's kind enough to join us as we get into the afternoon rounds. Reed, what's going on? How are you, man? Good. Uh, the carnage begins, Hustler. It is <laughs> Augusta National right now is, is taking names, and, and uh, namely the marquee guys that are on Amen Corner right now. It is windy. It is dried out. It is tough today. And Jordan Spieth, if you were watching the – the broadcast just uh, put two in the drink on number 12. So he's fighting some demons on that hole. Well, you know, and it's interesting. And maybe, I mean, we talked yesterday about, you know, maybe there was a benefit to being in the late group and then coming out early today. Yeah. And uh, it really does seem like that is playing out, um, Reed. I mean, you know, guys like, you know, Sungjae M have sort of survived the round. Sungjae's playing 17. He's just one over on his round, still at the top of the leaderboard at four under. Danny Willett's actually at four under and former champ. It seems like Masters brings out magic. But I mean, mm -hmm. Cam Smith bogeyed number one. I see Scotty Scheffler bogeyed number one. And Dustin Johnson got it up to four under, but, you know, has had a couple bogeys as well. I mean, this course is um, taking a bite out of the best in the world right now, isn't it? Yeah, pars and bogeys aren't a bad score this week. Also, it's, it's just not, right? Double bogeys is what you have to stay away from. Rory went bogey double on 10 and 11. Now he's at four over par. Look, I think only 14 guys now because Berger just bogeyed. Uh, he missed a three-foot putt on, on number two uh, to birdie, and then he bogeys. That's a two-shot swing, right, for a guy like him. And now you only have about 14 guys who are under par for the tournament, let alone under par for today. And if you take a look at the, the leaderboards and, and the guys who've done well, or excuse me, the guys who did well today, Charles Schwartzel, uh, Dustin Johnson's doing well, right, past Masters winners, Danny Willett. I mean, you're talking about guys who haven't sniffed leaderboards in a very long time. And then all of a sudden they make that drive down Magnolia Lane 
and something clicks, right? That's what these guys are doing. And the ones that can stay calm and stay patient are going to prevail. And if not, see you later. Trunk slam, get out of here. We'll get to Tiger in a minute because he sucked up a lot of the oxygen. And, uh, and as one does when uh, the goat is on the course. Uh, but let's talk about the leader, Sung J.M. I thought Sung J, and listen, I'm a little biased. I do have a 70 to 1 ticket on Sung J heading in. Uh, but what a great, great start. And this is a guy that has had some success. I mean, I believe it was the late, the November Masters that he finished mm -hmm. second before. Uh, but the guy is just an absolute horse out there, Reed, and uh, a great opening round. And he seemingly hung in there today, still right up at the top of the leaderboard. What are you made of the big Korean? Yeah, a great round. Um, you know, if he hopefully he doesn't get run into a buzzsaw on 18, which we've seen a lot of guys do. But yeah, you take a look at the 2020 Masters and you see Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith and Sun J.M., who are one, two, three, respectively. Right. T2 for Cam Smith and Sun J.M. in that 2020 edition. And what do you see? Those three guys at the top. Like, granted, Rory was there as well, but <laughs> he's not doing so hot. And that's what you need to do. Like, Sanjay, he's an anomaly. I looked at that number for a long time, Hustler. I saw it at 70 because I bet this guy at a quarter of that number throughout the entire year at lesser courses in lesser fields, and he missed the cut or he's not done so hot. Miss, you know, he's, he's losing strokes in his last three events coming in, losing strokes off – or approach, excuse me, losing strokes off the tee in his last two – and now comes in here and he gains over six strokes yesterday. So that's what this place can do. And he's like, he look, he's looking great. If he, if he just goes even par on this hole and he shoots one over, that is a solid round because you're not going to see guys come out and shoot five under in this afternoon wave, not a snowball chance. And you know what? So if you're staying there at four under five under, like that could probably win this golf tournament. If you look at the, what the forecast is going to be this weekend, five under six under would probably win this golf tournament. So you want to get within a couple of strokes. If you have Zalatoris tickets, if you have Burger tickets, Lowry, you want these guys to get in with at least three strokes of the lead. If not, it's going to be extremely hard for these for these guys to come back Saturday and Sunday. No doubt. Well, what is going to be fascinating about it? I mean, let's say that you know the lead stays at four. Um, you know, we're looking at a cut line that could be plus three, plus four, and at that point. Yeah. You could literally have the entire field within seven or eight shots. And, you know, at that point, it is pretty wide open. Hey, just before we move on to some of the other players, I mean, Danny yeah. Willett is at four under, tied for the lead right now. And we mentioned Charles Schwartzel. I heard earlier today that Charles had missed six straight cuts and had mm -hmm. not been in the top 40 in his last 11 events. There is something magical about guys that have won the green jacket that get back to the Masters and seemingly turn back into the guys that um, that made history in previous years. And that's that's the beauty of this course, right, is it doesn't just cater towards the Dustin Johnson, right? Like the guys who hit it the furthest, you know, yesterday, let's let's say Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, where are where, where are they? Where are they on the leaderboard? They're four over five over par, right? That, you know, Dustin Johnson has hit driver maybe a cumulative of five or six times over his, you know, last round and three quarters. He's hitting three woods and his average driving distance is 295 yards or it was yesterday. So the beauty of this course is if you can plot around and use strategy and your experience at this course and the wind, you're essentially in a tornado right now, right? The wind is swirling on, especially on Amen Corner. You have no idea where it's going. There's guys on the, on the course that are saying there's wind turbines on, it feels like there's wind turbines on Amen Corner. So you have no idea where this wind is going. And if that's the case, right, you have to know where to miss these shots. And if you shoot even par today, one over, two over, that's a solid round. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with not attacking pins. 
and making pars and bogeys as opposed to birdies and pars. And the guys who do that are going to win. And Daniel Willett knows that. Daniel Willett knows that. And on top of that, coming into this week, he probably said, hey, this is, again, a good shot for me to win this golf tournament. The forecast is going to ramp up in difficulty. This is a good opportunity for me to actually win this as opposed to the softer conditions that we saw in November in 2020 where it was 20 under par that won. So kudos to these guys who can can do it because you're seeing a lot of really good players have an extremely difficult time. You know who has played, I mean, for my money, maybe the best over the course of the last, say, 24 holes is our guy HV3. He was yeah. three over par yesterday. He almost nailed that second shot on the par five for an albatross. Yeah. And from there on in, really powered himself through. And, you know, listen, he's three under par playing 17. You get into the clubhouse at three under, and uh, old Harold's going to be in a great spot heading into the weekend. Yeah, and a countryman of yours, uh, Corey Connors, right? Corey Connors has played extremely well. I think he shot one of the better rounds today. He shot one over par, and he's at one under. Um, so another golfer that, you know, great ball striker and Corey Connors, this is a difficult putting tournament. So it mitigates the bad putters. It brings everyone sort of to the middle, right? The good putters and the bad putters kind of meet in the middle because of that. And Corey Connors is using that, using that to his advantage. You need to hit it in the right spots. And that's what he's doing. The one, the one problem that I have with HV3 is that he gets here and then he'll have a brain fart on one hole and you can't, you cannot do that on any hole like you could have probably in previous iterations and not this one maybe have kind of taken your foot off the gas a little bit or maybe not concentrate at the highest level on a few holes but every single hole now with this wind and these conditions needs your attention and hv3 if he does that 11 through 13 on amen corner if he has a brain fart then that will eat you up it did to shane lowry uh yesterday it did it to jordan spieth today roy mcelroy is experiencing it so HB3 is there. He's he, he, That would be a great, great story if HB3 won. But you got to keep your head on a swivel because this course will take you if you're not paying attention. Well, it's a long way to go for everybody yeah. that's in the field right now. But three players that, you know, really had great starts. Maybe a group of four. Cam Smith, I think we'll mm -hmm. see the mullet on Sunday afternoon in the mix for sure. You mentioned DJ. I mean, he's won over for the round so far, but hanging in there just with four holes to play, including a par five. Yep. Joachim Neiman at three under. And, I mean, let's talk about Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I know that he was in it 18 to one, a relatively short number compared to the field, but it didn't seem like a lot of people were mm -hmm. giving the respect that the number one player and hottest player on the planet deserves going in. What did you think of his round and his position right now as we get into Friday? Yeah, similar to what I would argue these, these older guys are doing is that Scotty Scheffler has that mentality about him, right? I think everyone talks about that, what he's, what he's like on tour and his disposition, it's similar to one who's been on tour for you know the last decade, but he's got youth distance. He's great around the greens. His short game is putting, especially from 20, 30 feet is fantastic. So his lag putting, it doesn't three putt uh, a lot at all. Um, and that's what you need, right? And you know, that was, and I forget what show I was on. They were saying, you know, what's the second best story if it's not Tiger Woods? And I said, Scotty Scheffler winning this tournament because now no one's giving this guy respect after he's won three of the last five in really difficult conditions and difficult golf courses, not just, you know, like, you know, and, and no shame to these other secondary and tertiary tournaments, but he's winning some marquee tournaments with the, with the field being some of the strongest. So you take a look at what he's doing. If he were to do this in his third attempt at Augusta national, which is where a lot of guys win their first green jacket is right around that third or fourth year. It'll be fantastic. And has look at his, 
Look at his record last year at the majors. In three of the four, he didn't finish worse than eighth place. And the one 18th place that he, he got was here at Augusta National. That was his worst finish in the Masters, or excuse me, in the majors last year. So this guy has been good for a long time. Uh, I'm going to be paying attention to what Scotty can do. He did bogey the first hole, and he's uh, playing the second hole right now. Uh, Pat Cantlay's there. He's got a few more holes to play at one under. As we mentioned, Corey Connors in at one under, and uh, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to kick back this afternoon and watch the course do a number on everybody else. Let's talk about Tiger. First of all, Reed, take us back to a week before. Did you think? What did you think the chances of Tiger playing it was? And now that he's here, how impressed were you with his one under par opening round? Yeah, so I'll take that first question. You know, once you saw the preparation, him being there, you know, you got a feeling like he was going to play. Uh, I, I think it was a lot of, you know, the, I think it was tongue in cheek. He was playing a little bit coy of, well, we'll make it a game time decision. No, like he knew he was playing. Uh, I think it was game theory. Look, this guy is so good, not just physically and all the stuff that he can do on the course. We all know that. But between the years, there's, there's probably no one better in sports outside of maybe Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, who would get in like Michael Jordan, right? It, it harkens back to the, the guys in the NBA in the 90s who wouldn't just try to beat you physically, but mentally. And Tiger being there, being there and, and sort of soaking up all of the attention and having all the guys talk about him. I mean, you got to think that that was more chess than checkers because he knew he was playing. He knew he was playing, you know, a couple of months, few months ago. It was just a matter of can you stay on track and on schedule with the – the therapy and everything getting ready for it physically but i knew he was playing once he made that that trip up to augusta to, to to go through the practice rounds am i impressed absolutely am i surprised no not at all um i'm surprised but i'm not right because tiger what he can do you've seen it time and time again that this guy defies all literal and hypothetical odds that we have especially in sport um, it's fantastic the way he's doing it. He beat out what 80 guys yesterday in terms of his score who had, he hasn't played a competitive round for 500 days while these guys are winning golf tournaments playing every single week. It is fantastic. So, you know, uh, he's, he's kind of puttering around to the, this uh, today. And, and I say puttering in the lightest form because it's not, it's anything but that. And would you be surprised Lester, if you saw him on Sunday, you know, within a shot of the lead, no way. It'd be fantastic to see that. Well, and listen, not at all with the way that he played yesterday. Now, again, he's dealing with the weather like everyone else is yep. right now. And uh, bogeyed one and bogeyed three right now. So he's gone from one under to one over. Uh, but this is really going to be survival mode, I think, for so yep. many people. And I don't know if anyone does that better than Eldrick. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and he's been here before, right? I mean, he also in 2020 got a 10 on a hole and not like every single person watching never felt closer as a golfer to tiger when he, when he put a double digit, a number on the scorecard. But then what did he do? He reminded us very quickly, Hustler, that he is anything but human in the last, in the final six holes, he birdies five of them. So like this guy is, there's no quit in, in tiger woods, right? We like, you can talk about this personal stuff and the things that he did in his personal life that are inexcusable, but what he does on the golf course and what he does in sport and just mentally it is, it is a sight to behold. And, you know, for guys like Joaquin Neiman and guys like JT who play with him and, you know, like, well, Joaquin Neiman specifically today, you're getting a masterclass in what it's like to, to, to be the best in the world. So take notes little guy. Hey, speaking of JT, um, you know, he, he is one under for his round, but, um, you know, 76 yesterday. I mean, this is yeah. a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be, uh, where were his problems yesterday? And uh, how, how, um, 
how much of a dangerous position is he in right now, considering yeah. where this cut line might end up being? Oh, yeah, he's in a very dangerous position. And like you didn't get the good side of the draw. You need to take advantage of yesterday going out in the morning where the scoring conditions were ideal. JT didn't hit. Like, I think he only hit six or seven greens in reg. Uh, and for the guy who's who's was you know one of the best ball strikers coming into this week so far on tour, that is inexcusable. If you're JT, you got Tiger Woods in your in your left ear, you got Bones in your right ear, and you got one of the best ball striking games uh, on the PGA Tour. It is inexcusable for JT. But that's again, that's the beauty of this course that if you make a mistake just one yard to the left or four feet to the right house, you are in a world of hurt. And that's the beauty of this golf course that A, if you got Sunjay and Cam Smith or those guys at the top, you don't feel absolutely secure if you have an outright. But if you have guys like Zal Torres, Cam Smith, or DJ uh, that are a few back, you feel like you still got a shot. Um, even though that you usually see guys in the top five after you know the Friday's cut usually win this, you still you still have some hope because this, you know, <laughs> Cam Smith showed us. On one and 18, you can bookend your round with double bogeys. Yeah, how about that? A double on one, double on 18, and in the midst, eight birdies over the course of 16 holes. I mean, he really is. And I'm, I wasn't too sure about Smith coming into this event. Not Same. that he's not capable of playing it, but, you know, he had that great round of the players. But, you know, part of it was the fact that he hadn't really been playing much golf. His mom and his sister were over for Australia. Yeah. hadn't seen them for the first time in two years because of the pandemic. You wonder where he'd be as well. He was ready to go yesterday, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You mentioned Will Zalatoris. Two guys I've been paying close attention to, Will Zalatoris and Colin Morikawa. And uh, Zalatoris won over on his round. He is playing 15 right now. And I'll tell you what, Colin Morikawa showing that he is nails right now, battling through this. He's one under on his round. And listen, if Morikawa can get in an even par, I think he will be very dangerous Saturday and oh, most yeah. importantly on Sunday. And remember what we saw, right? We see this all the time with Morikawa. Look, two of the last eight majors has, has gone in his favor. But we saw the Genesis that, you know, on a back nine on a Sunday, that guy is dangerous. And, you know, with that iron game and what he can do, in, uh, you know, with his irons, it, it's fantastic. What these guys have to do, though, right? Zalatoris included. Uh, and his putting is getting a little bit better. You can see it. Is they have to score on the par fives. You can, especially on the front, two like two and eight, you have to score on these par fives because if you don't, you are already putting yourself behind the eight ball because these par fours are an absolute monster. These par fours and par threes are some of the hardest on tour, but conversely, these par fives are some of the easiest. So you have to go under par on these par fives. And look, if you don't, you got a little uphill battle. And, and what Colin Morikawa was doing, and DJ as well, if you've been watching that featured group. These guys are saving pars and saving bogeys. When have you seen the PGA Tour pros pump their fist when they say bogeys? You and I do it, right? You know, but like these guys don't. Uh, and, and when you see that, you know how difficult it is. But Morikawa, if you can get in, even with the red number, if he gets in at one under, then you got to feel pretty good about, about Morikawa. If you got like, you know, 25, 20, wherever it is on the outright, you know, he could add number three to that to that mantle for sure. Uh, Reed Fowler of DraftKings is with us. Uh, where do you think things end up at the end of today? What do you think the cut is? What what where will guys have to be if they want to be uh, sticking around for Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, I think if you want to feel comfortable, you have to finish at two or three. I think I probably is going to finish at four if I had to if I had to guess. Um, but again, this can move around. Look, JT, excuse me, uh, Jordan Spieth. The cut I think was at at three over, and then JT, you know, went triple bogey on twelve when he pushed it to four over. Right. That can happen very quickly. 
Uh, so it's probably if you want to feel safe, you know, and make sure you make the weekend. I think two over, you're going to feel pretty safe. How are your lineups looking this week? Dead on arrival, Hustler. Dead on arrival. I went heavy on Stuart Sink, the old guy with the greatest hat tan on tour. And I went heavy on Luke List. And when I mean heavy, I went like two lineups out of 20. And then they've actually crushed it. But no, not too bad. Uh, you know, you got to stay patient. You got to stay patient because the weekend can definitely uh, can bring you some sort of joy. Uh, you want to wait till the cut line actually happens because it's top 50 in ties. There's only 91 guys in the field. So you're still live. But right now, that's not looking great because I went heavy on Berger and Lowry as well. Well, and you know what? I mean, I'm looking at guys that are in danger of missing the cut. I mean, Billy Horschel, Seamus Power, Jordan yep. Spieth, Max Homa, Sam Burns, who a lot of people were on with the season mm -hmm. that he's had. And uh, tell you what, I, I was not looking, I was not expecting to see a six over par ready with Xander Shoffley. Yeah. Uh, but like, like I said, that's what it can do, right? Like for a guy like Xander, who's so good with his ball striking, who plays these tougher conditions, these tougher courses well. It can absolutely put them in the wrong spot. And if you don't have a good head on your shoulders, and I look, I honestly, this is where, in my opinion, the caddies really, you know, make their paycheck. If they're not there doing doing the work, right? I'm not saying that any of these guys aren't, but you really got to make sure that you're you're saying the right things and doing the right things for your golfer because these guys, you know, they're they're a a type personalities, right? Every like most golfers are, and most guys. You know, should like they believe they shouldn't be hitting these shots because they're that good. Well, this is Augusta National, and that's why you see the guys like Ted Scott, um, Bones, right? You see these these caddies like their guys win these big tournaments. Well, or excuse me, they play one of these when they win these big tournaments. That's where I think the caddies really make a difference, and that's why I'm pretty surprised that JT is a, it is is where he's at right now. Yeah, it was Ted Scott's Scheffler's caddy, right? Yeah, Ted Scott Scheffler. Yeah, he's like he's like eighth on the FedEx money list right now with uh, just his uh, caddy checks from what Scheffler's done so far this year. Reed, man, thanks so much for taking the time to join us uh, today. Fill us in. Uh, are you working on the weekend? Will you be doing any content over the course of the weekend? And what's next for you after the Masters? So not not this weekend. I'm just doing more. So I'm preparing for next week at the RBC Heritage. Um, so I know that's not the Masters that we <laughs> there is going to be sort of a letdown. Uh, but nothing this weekend. Uh, throughout the year, uh, you can you know watch me on PJ Tour Live and ESPN Plus. I'm doing a lot of that stuff over there as well. Um, but yeah, so just just tw just angry tweeting us that you know Zal Torres is missing another three foot putt for birdie. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Reed. Thanks so much for doing this. Keep up the great work. Really appreciate you joining us. All right, thanks, bud. Take care. Give him a follow on Twitter at Reed T. Fowler. That's Reed Fowler of DraftKings with us talking Masters on Winnipeg Sports Talk. We're going to get back to the Jets and the local scene with Ken Weeb coming up in just a minute. And it's perfect timing to uh, plug our friends and great sponsors over at Culligan Water because nobody hydrates like Ken Weeb. You should have a full jug of Culligan ready for him when he comes on the program a little bit later. Of course, Culligan Water have been the experts when it comes to water services for your home or business for over 65 years here in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. Culligan's got it all. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services, not to mention commercial and industrial water products and solutions as well. Whatever your water needs, Culligan's got you covered. 1200 Sargent Avenue, 694-5180, and online at drinkculligan.com. 
Donnie and the guys at Manitoba Battery. I mean, I'll tell you what, the weather's been such garbage this week. It sort of does feel like we're still in winter. However, the run on automotive batteries is ending, and now Manitoba Battery's ready for spring and ready for summer. They've got the spring farm sale going on from the 11th to the 22nd. And whether it's for your drill where you're doing spring cleaning, other in, uh, materials and uh, machines you use around the place or your workshop, and of course, vehicles as well. Manitoba Battery has the battery for everything. And of course, they've got it at the best prices in Winnipeg. They'll deliver anywhere in the city with same-day delivery when you order by 1.30 in the afternoon at a much lower price than what you'd have to pay at one of the big box stores. As we get into summer, ATVs, golf carts, boats, Manitoba Battery's got you covered for the summer as well. See them at 1026 Logan Avenue and online at Manitoba Battery. Com. And as I said, spring, well, technically here, hopefully we'll lose some of this snow and get outside a little bit more soon. And, you know, with soccer, baseball, softball season coming, Royal Sports Busy is the space to go for all of the best equipment in town for your summer activities, not to mention bikes. More bikes coming in by the day. And they're also looking for people to help fix those bikes. If you got a uh, aspiring bike mechanic in the family, send them down to Royal. They'd love to meet them, maybe get them working on some of the bikes. Uh, Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And you can follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and deals from our friends over at Royal Sports. All right, Ken Weeb's going to join us in a few minutes. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. Great conversation. How are your lineups doing, by the way, Reem? We should maybe do a quick update on uh, how things are going for our uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk pool as well. Yeah, I'm usually not very good at uh, fantasy golf, but for the majors, I mean, how do you, how can you resist putting in a lineup? I think on DraftKings, I, I'm doing okay. Thomas Peters not doing well for me. I have a FanDuel lineup that is looking uh, pretty good. Pretty good, Huss, actually. Um, Nicely done. I'm just looking right now. We've got uh, Andrew P. Jensen is leading yeah. in one of our pools. Oh, nice. Uh, Jay Weiss is 621, and then Mofro and Chabby tied for third. And in our other pool, ooh, I'm sniffing around there. we got Andy Wasteven in first. Uh, we got the Mad Dog Jones, Chabby as well. And, uh, oh, I'm right behind you, T. Kona, Polly. One spot back right now. We'll see what happens on the weekend. Shout out to everyone that joined us in our Masters pool. Um, so Ken coming up a little later on. One other thing, Remo, we should get to with, uh, well, we'll certainly touch on it with Ken. Uh, outside of the Jets conversation, Blue Jays opening day today. Certainly Dusty. I don't know if you saw the lock shop. Yes. Dusty, basically, Chris Abbott said that he looked like a young Tom Hankey. He had the glasses, he had the warm-up jacket, he had the hat on, and uh, tell you what, I can't remember more excitement for a Jays opener, maybe even including 2015. I agree with you, uh, Huss. Um, you know, last year, really high expectations. You thought they'd be in the playoffs, and it's just been a weird time for the Jays. They haven't had a home, a home stadium. I mean, playing in Dunedin, playing in Buffalo, uh, playing in Rogers Center. It seems like that's been smoothed out. Uh, the bullpen you hope is smoothed out. Um, the uh, batting order, you know, more experience. Uh, rotation's been solidified with Jose Barrios, and you, know, you had Robbie Ray break out last year for Cy Young, but he's gone. But you replaced him with Kevin Gaussman. You got Kikuchi there. I think he can be a solid back end of the rotation starter. So um, you look at the Jays as far as MLB futures. They still have them at cool bet. Uh, they're the 
second team. There's a lot uh, of listed, steam on the Jays right plus, now from a betting perspective. Plus 800. Um, they're the you know, leaders in American League winner on cool bet plus 400 so yeah expectations high but i think they are justified although having said it there might be some value on the uh on the yankees and, and red sox there but uh hey we're in we're in winnipeg this is a canadian show well like so we talked with gary and i mean maybe value on the rays right now everyone mm-hmm. sort of forgets about them and i mean the entire division looks absolutely stacked well we'll get some thoughts on that the masters but mostly on the jets right now so let's fire it up Get the water bottles out in the chat because Kenny Weeb is back with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. <laughs> Weber, what's good? How are you doing, my friend? Hustler, beautiful day to be alive. Uh, Masters <laughs> second round. Uh, we got the Blue Jays home opener, uh, season opener right around the bend. We got a little uh, hockey contest happening tonight. And yeah, good, good, beautiful time. Beautiful you know what? Days. Thank you. Thank you for coming into the show with that sort of positivity <laughs> because I'll tell you, Yesterday on the program, it didn't feel like a good time to be alive, at least for the Winnipeg Jets <laughs> fan base. I mean, listen, I was bent. I still sort of am bent, full disclosure. A lot of people are. Um, you know, listen, I think everybody knew that you know, this was going to be a uh, a long, long climb for the Winnipeg Jets to, you know, even be playing, playing, you know, meaningful games in the final couple of weeks of the season. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I mean, in a season with a lot of disappointing games, that one on Wednesday was ugly. And uh, man, you could feel it from Josh Morrissey in particular when you asked him about, you know, what it was like in the room after the game. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, the pregnant pause there was quite visceral, <laughs> I would say, Huss. Uh, and again, I mean, we're not out here trying to tick people off, but I mean, that you, the only people that are feeling the emotions are the ones that are going through the process, right? So, um, I mean, again, it was vintage Josh, very thoughtful, but uh, you could tell just how emotional he was. I mean, the fact that no words were said after that game, I mean, we all understand that the Jets, you know, they said all the right things about belief, but they, they know it was almost next to impossible. But then to see that happen in a situation where, they're playing a non-playoff team who is starting its backup goalie and had played the night before at home and had to travel. I mean, you don't get much more of a schedule advantage than the one that the Jets had. And I think the even more frustrating part for them, Huss, is this. I mean, we talked so much about the terrible starts. The Jets actually carried the play in the first period and then give up a shorthanded goal. I mean, that was must be one of those, like, here they go again type of scenarios Again, it's easy to say, oh, block that out and just focus on the game. But man, I mean, and then too, I mean, just the way that they, you know, chances, chance, 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 and then they go the other way, chaos in front, back door, wide open, tap in, good night, Irene. I mean, um, this time, I mean, puck management wasn't as big of an issue for the Jets as it had been in some of those other games. And there were stretches where they had some things going, but uh, if you can't, Again, if you can't win that hockey game, you don't deserve to be a playoff team, Huss. I mean, I think that that's basically, uh, yeah, we know there have been some tough circumstances, but I mean, every team has had tough circumstances, and the Jets just, quite frankly, failed to live up to their end of the bargain when it came to expectations. You know, I mean, we've talked about this, and certainly, I mean, you talk to people, I mean, the writing was pretty much on the wall. We knew what the number was, but the Jets, you know, put on a brave face and said all those things. Hey, we're not into it, but it certainly seemed like they were 
basically emotionally where the fan base was that this season was over. And uh, listen, I said going into the game, I mean, I don't expect any sort of a big run. What I do expect and what I think that the organization should expect from the team is that they come out with a professional effort, um, you know, and, and go out, you know, and play basically for pride. Um, and that was so disappointing about the second half of that game. I mean, the Detroit Red Wings, you just laid out the situation. I mean, had no business taking over that game the way they did against the Winnipeg Jets, who were rested. Um, and the way that it went, I mean, it, it, it begs some real questions about, you know, the entire, the emotional makeup of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and I think that's been a question. There's been so many ups and downs so far this season. Uh, but with the season allegedly on the line to come up with that. I mean, um, you know, we're talking a lot more than one guy not making a play here. I mean, it was sort of a collective lull that, um, you know, certainly I don't think is acceptable to the guys up in the, uh, in the front office. Yeah. I think that there's this element of deflation Huss, and that was just so evident in the game. I mean, I don't think they gave up completely. No, but I mean, all we've heard about the buzzword of urgency and I, I just don't see enough urgency or desperation um, from a team that, know has supposed to be having more of it um again there's a lot of things that it's like i said we've said this before not being around the room i mean it's tough to get a great finger on the pulse but i think that they've just reached <laughs> they're emotionally spent and again is that acceptable no i mean this is in a perfect world the jets us they were expecting to play for another month or two right so that's the other part if the tank is empty now I mean, that that's another bigger, bigger issue here for this group. And uh, I know we talked a little bit about it last week, but Huss, I mean, this is this all goes back to the Jets not being able to play four lines for so long. I mean, and I'm not just saying this is not a Dave Lowry issue. This is a Winnipeg Jets issue that has been apparent since they've been back, basically, right? And if you play in a meat grinder of a division like the Central and you can't give your fourth line eight to 11 minutes, we understand the Jets have a ton of guys who want to play 20 plus and you know get their points and and be on the ice every you know third shift. But if you want to go on a long run, you can't sustain that. Huss. It doesn't matter if you're 23 years old or 35 years old, right? So uh, that's something that I think that moving forward the Jets are going to. I mean, and I think the Jets have the pieces in their system that whether that's David Gustafson becoming a full timer. Uh, Morgan Barron moving into a full-time role, whether he's with Lowry and Appleton or with Gustafson and Svechnikov or somebody else. I mean, this is something to me that is, again, you, you, do I expect it to happen during the last 11 games? And does that make a difference for next fall? Probably not, but that's something that needs to get ironed out. And I know we also, we're going to get into the defense right away here, but um, that to me is one of the biggest priorities for the Jets. They're going to have to stretch out their depth and they're also going to have to become committed to becoming a four-line hockey team. And I understand there have been times, you know, especially early on in the Claude Noel era, they did not have the quality of player that was required to roll four lines all the time. But I think that their system is built in such a way that they have players that they can play. And they need to, A, get those high-end players used to playing a couple, shave a couple minutes there, to allow them to be fresh over the course of the year. And then also to, to lean on that fourth line for, you know, again, whether that's killing penalties or whatever they end up doing, if there's a guy who's skilled enough to play on the power play by all means, but they need to get that established moving forward so that they can get back to being a team that's competitive. Because if you look at the best teams in the NHL, yes, they lean on their big guns. That is evident. 
but you have to be able to play your fourth line. If you want to win four rounds, getting to the playoffs is one thing. If you want to win four rounds, us, you need to play four lines with consistency. And with the exception of 2018, and even that, it took a couple of late trades for the Jets to get to the point where they were comfortable using that fourth line with the amount of you know uh, exposure that they needed to have. Well, um, I mean, there's a lot to get into on that. I, I You mentioned like Claude Noel's teams earlier on. I mean, I, I was thinking a lot about those teams actually after the game on Wednesday night. And I, I do want to move on from Wednesday, but oh. I just need to say this. Here, I'm here to help you with that. Awesome. The, here to the, help the, you. the one thing that I, I couldn't help but think is those teams were not even in the ballpark to the talent level that this team has right now. But the one thing that at least up until the team basically quit on Claude and he got fired after the uh, after the the Columbus game, but especially early on, the reason why that team was so likable is that you knew that they might be outgunned talent-wise, but they would go out and they would give a professional effort each and every night. And, um, you know, at, at times that can, you know, you can beat better teams if you come committed more than the other team to do the little things to that help you win hockey games. and. You know, I was wondering where a lot of that was, especially in the second half of that game, because you mentioned about playing the fourth line. It was somehow the Detroit Red Wings fourth line that made the difference in the third period with the winning goal. Um, you know, of a five nine guy, a career AHLer, out muscling Logan Stanley and getting into Michael Rasmussen in front of the net. I mean, uh, just puzzling. And I mean, I'm sure. And this goes back to what we started off talking about with the comments of Josh Morrissey afterwards. I don't think there was many guys that were looking around the room or looking in the mirror and thought that, ooh, that was uh, that was exactly what we needed to do to give ourselves the best chance to win a hockey game and get two points. Yeah, for sure, Hassan. And that's the thing. I mean, we've talked a lot about structure and defensive systems and all of these things. Like, I mean, no coach is going to say, leave that guy on the back door open for a, for a tap-in. I mean, but the Jets just have not had, uh, whether it's enough communication or commitment level and all of those things, I mean, do my best to segue this like the big topic with jared bednar today Huss, this morning you know, most of the winnipeg media folks were around asking questions because you know the gold standard is in town this evening right but the gold standard has not won the stanley cup so i think there's some interesting parallels to be drawn and some lessons to be learned from for the winnipeg jets by watching the emergence of the avalanche not just of, as an offensive dynamo because that was apparent two years ago already Huss. they just couldn't defend or get enough saves so now they're the you know best team in the nhl because their stars are committed to playing and their secondary players are rolling and getting the job done i mean this team i mean joe Sakic usually does the majority of his work in the offseason huss but what did the avalanche go out and get they went out and got andrew cogliano arturi lekkinen like they went out to get complementary players they didn't go out and you know Yes, they were rumored to be in on Claude Giroux, but this team doesn't need help scoring. They need help keeping the puck out of the net. So they went out and got guys that are two-way players that can kill penalties and that go to the hard areas, much like the Tampa Bay model in terms of what they brought in late. So I think there's something to be learned, A, by the players, and B, by the management team in terms of how the roster construction is happening as well with the Colorado Avalanche. Because, Tuss, we know this. The Avalanche, they're not going away anytime soon. You know, they're going to have to get Nathan McKinnon on a new deal, but they've got enough pieces with the core. And in terms of their prospect pool, that they're going to be the team to beat in the central for the foreseeable future. That's not to say they don't have any competitive competition. They will, but they are the gold standard. And if the Jets 
want to get back to being in the conversation of being a contender, you have to find a way to hang out in that stratosphere or even in the second tier of the stratosphere. But ultimately, if you can't get out of the central division, you can't make the third round, right? So, And the Avalanche look like a team that are going to be standing in the Jets' way for the foreseeable future. That's a great point. Ken Weeb's with us. Uh, make sure to check out Kenny and Rennie after the game tonight. And a very busy week for the boys next week with five games in seven nights uh, as they hit the road on uh, Sunday to get things going against the Ottawa Senators. Ken, let's talk about the blue line. Um, listen, I don't want to get into a Villy versus Logan Stanley conversation, but it is quite interesting that Villy Hanel has been reassigned to the Manitoba Moose. Logan Stanley's in the press box, and Dylan Sandberg has been recalled on an emergency basis and will play tonight. Explain to us what's happening with these young defensemen. Yeah, a bit of a uh, carousel happening uh, yesterday afternoon, I think. So first and foremost, we'll get to Logan Stanley. He was doing so. What we've been able to determine in terms of this variety of ailments that uh, Stanley has, they must be upper body related, Huss, because again, today was another day where. Logan was working on puck skills with Jamie Compon and Charlie Huddy after practice. His feet are fine. It looks like, so I don't think it's a lower body injury. Are we buying it's even an injury at all? I mean, like the last time they pulled him out, he was struggling. And I'm totally here for a coach. I'm here for a coach that maybe doesn't say, yeah, he had another bad game and got bird on the winning goal. We're putting him in the press box. I mean, that doesn't do anyone any good. No. So the thing here, but I, I, you're just not allowed to recall a guy arbitrarily on under emergency conditions if there isn't some semblance of an injury. And again, we understand that most players at game 71 or 72 would have probably a, a you know an ailment that could keep them out of the lineup. Um, so, and again, the Jets have three more available call-ups and we expected Dylan Sandberg to be one of them. So if you're just doing it for the sake of calling somebody up, you just call them up on a regular recall. Um, yeah, I mean, secondarily, you know, Dylan Sandberg is a guy who probably deserves to be playing. I mean, this guy was playing at a high level before he got hurt in January, uh, February, probably, I guess, if we're looking back at it now. So I've got no problem with Dylan Sandberg getting getting a, a shot here. But I also think that if if you're just making room for a player, Billy Hanela should go back into the lineup based on how well that he played prior to being removed to the lineup in the last game. Um, so that flip side of that is that, hey, for the folks that are saying Billy shouldn't be sitting around in the press box, well, he should be playing. Uh, and at least he'll be playing for the Manitoba Moose, which is where he's going to be finishing the season, not on this recall, but once they get ready for the playoffs. But if you're asking me if I want to see Billy Hanel in the lineup, that's apparent. Yes, I do. I think he needs to be. Do you think given- he will? Or is this? Or is this? I don't think it? this is it. No, I, I think the Hust that once the Jets are mathematically eliminated, that you will see Hanela get another chance uh, before the year is over. Um, I mean, again, that's why I asked Dave Lowry. Said, "Is this matchup specific?" I mean, obviously, Sandberg provides a bigger size, but and he's more of a defense-first player. So, but here's the other part, Hus, that we can't overlook. I mean, Neil Pionk has not had a great year, but Neil Pionk's played some of his best games with Dylan Sandberg. Yes, he had one or two good ones with Billy Hanela, but they also had an absolute train wreck of a game together also. Uh, I actually liked Schmidt on the pairing with Pionk the other day, but I can understand why Sandberg is getting a look. But if that's the case, then like we talked about before, you can't just call up. I mean, again, I think people forget what the four recall situation is about. I mean, the Jets probably want to look at Kovacevic. They'd also like to look at Sandberg, and I think they'd like to look at Hanela. I mean, 
do I, am I here saying they should play all three of those guys and just say, you know what, too bad for you veterans that we brought in here, take a seat. No, but I also think that you know what you have in that veteran group. What you don't know is how those guys are going to make the adjustment to the NHL level next season. And whether that's one of those three or all three of them being part of the six or seven us, right? So uh, I'm here for the argument that those guys need to get games down the stretch. And I think that applies to David Gustafson too. I mean, he did land in the COVID protocol. So yes, the Gus bus is parked in neutral once again, but I want to see David Gustafson in the NHL before the year is over. Do I think I we will? Yes, I do. But it hasn't happened as quickly as either you or I or many others maybe expected it to happen. Or, uh, you know, again, I, I thought David Gustin was probably had the ability to be in the Jets lineup at the start of this season, to be quite honest. And that's nothing against Dominic Toninato, who gives you everything that he possibly has. But I just think there's more offensive upside in Gustafson's game. And he also gives you the same effort level and conscientious defensive play. So... To me, I think the Jets have to have David Gustafson on the team starting next season. I mean, whether they whether they think it's more valuable for him to be playing 20, 22 minutes with the Moose, if that's part of the reasoning, fine. But you still won't need to reward a guy like him for his diligent effort at the American League level in a season where it would be frustrated if you're frustrating if you're David Gustafson to not have gotten more of a chance this year. So throw the guy a carrot. But again, I think this will happen once they're eliminated mathematically. Um, but again, I, I think that that's a guy who probably could have been up here sooner and not just playing Huss, but contributing. The Jets penalty kill struggling again. Well, guess what? David Gustafson is a smart penalty killer, right? So that that the thing that that's the thing that's been a little bit confusing to me in terms of how you know he's been handled. And, and again, a lot of way I understand the frustration with Hanela. Um, he's still a very young player and he's going to get his chance. But I, I think they're missing out on an op- opportunity to get them more action. But as we know that, you know, does playing 10 games that are playing out the string, is that the difference between now and next season? No, but it still helps you chart the path in terms of what direction you want to go with your with an organization, Hus, that quite frankly has a lot of difficult decisions ahead for it. Well, okay, let's talk about this. In, in some ways, the difficult decisions we know are going to come at the end of the season. And yeah. it was interesting hearing Darren Drager report this week that, you know, from talking to people inside the organization, that there will be a, I believe his quote was a full audit of the thorough. entire, a thorough <laughs> audit of the entire operation. And listen, I mean, I think that obviously is, um, you know, maybe what some would say overdue. Bottom line is it's going to happen at the end of the year. But here we are. They're going to play this game tonight, and then they've got 10 games left in the regular season. Ken, what are you looking for? What do you think will happen? And what is the be- what's the best thing that could come out of these final 11 games in a lost season for the Jets? Yeah, I mean, you find out about where things are at with certain people. I mean, and again, we understand this. This is like after, you know, not the equivalent, but you can understand when people have trouble getting up for the bronze medal game after you get your heart, you know, ripped out of you, out of you in a semifinal. So it's not exactly the same, but it would be similar. So guess what? I mean, don't just go out and go through the motions if you're the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, that's the thing for me. And yeah, I mean, people talk about Calgary and how they got more committed defensively. I mean, the Jets are not going to become a defensive juggernaut in the last 11 games here. That, that If people think that they're just fooling themselves. But 
you can start showing the commitment required and you can start showing that you care about puck management and you you're being conscientious in terms of when you're taking risks and when you are making the smart easy play off the boards or you know getting the puck deep in some of those things so i mean does it matter if the jets go 10 and 1 i mean does that make any difference for next year no but you want to see the effort being put forth us like you talked about earlier don't just go through the motions and don't get embarrassed right i mean this these are guys that have a lot of pride you know pride in the jersey pride in being an nhl player and all that so i don't expect the jets to be sleepwalking through these games but i mean if there are guys that are banged up a bit yes give those younger guys a chance um, to show what they can do and again it's not to say that it makes a humongous difference, but it will help their confidence and comfort and all of those things that, you know, Dylan Sandberg was talking about this morning. I mean, this is a guy who's had a frustrating year mentally. I mean, day one of, you know, camp, you get a high ankle sprain. I mean, that's a tough way to go. And then right when it looks like you're starting to become a regular at the NHL level, you hurt your hand. I mean, um, that's tough. But again, guess what? What did he do about it? He went back, he did the, did the work got healthy, went to the moose, played well, earned a recall. I mean, it's easy to just say, you know, the season is a write-off, forget about it, see you next, uh, you know, can't wait for my summer training. But if you're one of the guys on the periphery of the roster, Huss, or if you're part of the leadership group, or if you're part of that second wave of leaders who want to move into leadership roles, this is your time to shine. This is your time to show you want to be part of the solution in terms of getting things back on track. And you want to help some of those young guys, you know, help themselves as well. So, um, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, people want to, you know, apathy is an interesting, uh, you know, <laughs> interesting subject. We know there's anger. Then the line between apathy and anger is very narrow. But if you're a player, don't show apathy, right? I, I want you to show, and again, you can't just show anger in terms of pouting and saying, forget it, it's over. But, I mean, these are games are tough to get up for. But guess what? It's your job to get up for the games. And I expect the Jets will not just play out the string and and roll over against tough teams. But at the same time, sorry, Huss, that's a long-winded way of saying, I think there is still something to play for whether the Jets are mathematically eliminated or not. And let's be honest, Huss, there are certain guys on the roster that won't be part of the Jets. So whether you're an elite player or a guy looking for a new deal, you better not sleepwalk through these last few games or you're going to have trouble getting a new contract. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Ken Weaves with us of uh, Kenny and Rennie. You can uh, check out his work over at sportsnet.ca. Just one more thing on the Jets going forward. And I mean, as I said, that thorough audit is going to be, I mean, we're going to talk coaching. We're going to talk mm-hmm. personnel. Uh, and I imagine, listen, I had not thought, I was always of the opinion that, you know, I think that coaching change is very likely considering the way this season has gone. But I didn't really subscribe to the fact that maybe it could be a complete overhaul, including the general manager. I don't know. Maybe it's just the the way that that game went and the way this season has been trending. But um, when you look at Chevy's situation right now, how safe do you think that he is? I mean, uh, how much will that be part of uh, the audit, do you think? Well, it's got to be certainly part of the discussion, us, because like you said, when you're doing a thorough audit, as Darren suggested, um, it it goes from the top down. So you're going to be looking at everything from drafting to, you know, free agent signings to trades that were made and and all of those things. I mean, 
Um, we know all the circumstances were challenging during COVID, but at the same time, it's year, season number 11, and the Jets have three playoff victories in those 11 seasons. So um, based on the talent level and what we thought was an upward trajectory of the personnel and roster, I would say that three playoff victories would be considered to be a disappointment. And I would say that Kevin Chemeldayoff would be probably nobody more disappointed than him that they haven't been able to continue that upward trajectory, especially after last year, us where the jets, you know, won around again, and it looked again, like they've improved the roster. Now it's another step backwards. So how was that viewed by Mark Chipman and, and company? I mean, that only Mark can answer that question, but um, I would say that, I mean, it, it comes down to philosophy and belief. I mean, we know that Mark Chipman believes in Kevin Cheveldayoff, but um, at some point, they're going to have to decide if if that's the direction that they want to go. And I mean, too, Huss, I mean, we talked last week about exit meetings. I mean, so Kevin Cheveldayoff is going to be having some serious conversations with Mark Chipman. And honestly, Huss, I think some some of his direction and vision would impact his future of the with the hockey club as well. Don't you agree? I mean, oh, yeah. if he if he thinks, you know, what we know for sure is that the status quo is not good enough. So if Kevin has ideas on how to make that status quo different, I think Mark will be open to it. And, but I mean, if, if he doesn't like what he hears, I mean, like you said, everything is under review. So I think that that will certainly be part of the discussion. But uh, there's a lot of things that are, you know, the trickle down effect. And, and again, it, it comes down to philosophy and, and wh- where they believe, where they're at and where what they need to do in order to get to the next place. Because Hus, like we talked about, I mean, one of the biggest things in terms of personnel this offseason is very simple. Can the Jets win in this two-year window where Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, and Connor Hellbuck are under contract? Or will they be doing everything in their power to widen that window to try to win during the Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, Josh Morrissey, their window, which is a little bit wider based on length of contract. So uh, that to me is sort of where, where things start. And as you said, I mean, it starts at the top. I mean, if Mark Chipman continues to believe in Kevin Cheveldayoff's vision, then he will continue to be the general manager. Uh, if he thinks there needs to be a change in philosophy or direction, then they'll consider a change. And let's, uh, let's talk about something a lot brighter. <laughs> the beginning of baseball season. You ready for yes, the sir. Jays to get after it tonight? I mean, are you, are you as giddy and buoyant about the hopes of the Blue Jays as so many others <laughs> seem to be going into first pitch tonight? Yeah, Huss, you know, I, I definitely, uh, I think you're going to be able to see the, the the devices will be getting a workout today, uh, whether it's at home <laughs> here when the Masters are going or whether it's at the game where the uh, where the where the iPhone is probably going to be flipped uh, to the Sportsnet network here. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Jays are an exciting, it's an exciting time for the Jays, Huss. They're, they're in like Jets 2018, even start of 2019, 18-19 territory, right? They have the young pieces in place. They have had a taste of expanded playoff success. They had the disappointment of being one game short last year. They have Vladi, Vladimir Guerrero in the MVP discussion. You have, you know, you have a contract extension with Jose Barrios. You have you know Kevin Gosman coming in. I mean, this is a team that is primed to win, right? Whether they can win now or if it's next year, I mean, this team is no longer thinking about, you know, let's just give it our best shot here. 
they feel they're a stand or they're a you know World Series contender. And now it's about proving it, right? Now it's about show me. The lineup has never been better, you know, at least certainly not since 2016, uh, 2015-16 era, which is super exciting with the Josh Donaldson years. But I mean, this is a team that hasn't won since the 90s. So same thing, Huss. There's there's tons of how do they handle expectations? Um, can they stay healthy? I mean, George Springer's had an incredible spring. He looks like his old self again. Um, but how do guys respond? I mean, Vladimir Guerrero had an incredible season. Is he going to have 50 bombs this year? Are people going to forget about the uh, Otani sensation being a two-way player? Um, these are two guys that want you know to cash in on big-time contracts. Hey, Ken, let me just say this. I think the acquisition of Matt Chapman, I mean, listen, the bat's oh. going to be good. But the defense that he's going to bring to that side of the infield, I think, you know, immediately helps the pitching staff. And I'll tell you what, I think it helps Bo Bichette in a big way as well. I mean, because you won't have Bo spending so much time diving onto his backhand for those plays. Chapman will eat those up. And I think that's going to have a tangible result for the Blue Jays defensively this season. Yeah, massive huss. And again, I know that some folks are down on Kevin Biggio, but I'm here to say that, uh, you know, I, I saw Kevin Biggio a few years ago at spring training. This is a guy who's a really smart baseball player. It didn't work out at third base. He had a ton of injuries. And yes, he has had trouble with velocity, but moving him over to second base and being in that sort of platoonish situation. Uh, with Santiago Espinal, I think is also going to be massive for them. Uh, I think they've shored up the bullpen. I mean, having a healthy David Phelps will help. Yimmy Garcia will help. Um, this is a group that, you know, we, we it's so easy to forget the uh, Tyler Chatwood era and the, uh, you know, the things that they struggled with early last year in terms of their games they threw away with having a poor bullpen. I mean, Matt Chapman is an absolutely awesome addition. He's a much more reserved kind of, you know, kind of guy that Josh Donaldson was this big, big personality. But in terms of impact on the field, Huss, you nailed it. Um, it they would allow, they would allow Bo Bichette to focus on hitting. I mean, for the last two years, Bo in the, in the, in the, in the background noise, will Bo have to be moved to second base? Cause he's not a good enough shortstop. You know who made Bo Bichette a better shortstop? Having Matt Chapman get out the old vacuum and scoop up 40, 30% of the balls to his left, right? So uh, I love the addition. I think Chapman is back to full health. This is a guy that can, can give you, you know, 30 homers, 80 to 90 ribbies out of the sixth or seventh spot in the batting order. And, uh, you know, Lourdes Gurriel, I think, is primed for another, uh, an excellent season. I mean, this guy was the Grand Slam king last year. Um, everyone has all the focus on some of those other guys, but Guriel could have a big year. I mean, obviously, Teoscar Hernandez is absolutely fantastic as well, but the, I think so many people forgot about the impact of Springer because he was hurt so often last year. But, uh, you know, Matt Chapman's kind of the guy that brings it all together. They don't have a lot of left-handed power, but guess what? I mean, if you're a good hitter, it doesn't matter what side of the plate you're stepping up from us to me. So as long as their pitching holds up, I mean, they got some question marks there, but I love Alec Manoa. I love what he showed in spring training last year. And this is a young star with a big time personality who wants the ball in big moments. So uh, as long as they get a little bit out of Ryu and, and uh, go from there, I think there's got some great potential uh, to have a great season. And I can't wait to get down there. Huss. I mean, to be honest, you ask how excited I am, man, I'm already, I'm, I'm still considering, I, 
I'm still considered flying down to Toronto for the weekend, but uh, after tonight's game, but I think I'm going to just wait until a little bit later in the year and already uh, got the trip booked for Minneapolis uh, for that August trip where the Jays are going to be. Yeah, there. Wait, is so, that August long that the Jays I are think playing it's there? It's a weekend after, I think, Huss. I think it's early this year. I thought it was August long, but uh, it's the week. It's the week after August long. So yeah, it's going to be a fantastic season. But again, the Jays are in the toughest bit division in baseball. So congratulations if you if you happen to make the playoffs, you still might have to face the Yankees, Red Sox, or Tampa Bay Rays uh, just to get moving from there. But uh, you know, great time of the year and. Uh, but the only disappointing thing so far for me today, Huss, my master's pool, uh, Brooks Kepka kind of let me down and uh, just staring me in the face right now. I had Charles Schwartzel in my sixth bracket um, initially, but I swapped him out for Justin Rose, who is politely at eight over par while Schwartzel currently holds a share of the lead. Uh, big time. I'm glad I didn't throw down a lot of money on the cool bet side, but uh, some big time regrets there. Uh, though I will have to say my my other early pick was John Rom, but I switched out John Rom for Cameron Smith, who fired up those eight birdies yesterday with the bookend double bogeys. But uh, you know, fun time here. It's going to be a great weekend uh, here at Augusta. And man, oh man, what a, like I said, great time to be alive. And what a, a sports fan! Uh, what a trip to the buffet for any sports fan this weekend. Uh, you will you will if you don't get your hunger satisfied, uh, you're not trying very hard. You need to hydrate, my friend. Great stuff as well. Uh, hey, great long form as well uh, yesterday, folks. Make sure to check that out. It's there at Kenny and Randy. Maybe check that out after Winnipeg Sports Talk today. And, of course, after the game tonight, about an hour or so afterwards, Ken and Sean will fire it up again. And then five shows for five games next week, beginning on Sunday against the Sens. Kenny, have a great weekend, and thanks for doing this. My pleasure, Huss. You have a great weekend as well. And uh, keep those temperatures on the rise because we will have our own golf happening very soon. Well, speaking of that, uh, yes, we'll be looking forward to getting out to Breezy Bend. And for Breezy Bend, we do our quick golf report, a quick look at the leaderboard at the Masters. And as Kenny just mentioned, former champion Charles Schwartzel in the clubhouse tied with my guy Sung J.M., Three under par. Another former champ, Danny Willett, also at three under. And then a group at two under. Harold Varner III and DJ in the clubhouse right now. Um, Cam Smith, Neiman, Hideki Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler, Tony Finau all at two. And Corey Connors and Colin Morikawa in the clubhouse at one under par. Of course, our golf reports all season long brought to you by our friends at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. Find out more about one of the great spots for you and your family to golf this year and into the future online at breezybend.ca and an amazing venue for weddings if you are looking to book a venue. Um, in addition to that, big shout out to our friends at Not Auto Corp. Uh, man, that Tesla program I've been telling you about really taking off right now. Got a bit of a crash course in the charging yesterday myself, seeing my pal Trevor Not. If you're thinking about going electric, Find out more with the Tesla experience at Not Auto Corp. And if you're thinking about a new vehicle, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Pop down and see in Waverly and McGilvery or online at Not.ca. And hey, the weekend's here. Nothing makes the weekend better than a cold little brown jug. You can grab a delicious 1919 when you're out this weekend at fine bars and restaurants throughout the city. And if you're looking to pick up a case, no better spot to do it than the tap room down on William Avenue. Maybe grab a pint or grab a flight and try all the Little Brown Jug beers. 
You can also pick up 1919 and other little brown jug brown jug offerings at your local Manitoba liquor marts or beer store. And of course, they do deliver on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. You can make your order online at littlebrownjug.ca. Hey, it's not Friday without a visit with the Hacksaw. Let's welcome Lee Hacksaw Hamilton in. And uh, Lee, I see you've got the uh, Cincinnati Reds tee on today. Where the heck was the Reds' 11 a.m. game yesterday on opening day? It was a strange start to the season. Yeah, baseball's going through some weird stuff as it relates to the business of baseball, and everybody's doing these sidebar deals to stream, and suddenly fans can't find their game, so that's that's upsetting. Uh, it is opening weekend of the baseball season. There's so many cool storylines in baseball to talk about south of the border. You know, Ken talked about Toronto, how good the Blue Jays are with Vlad and his running mates. And obviously what the Dodgers have spent, and we're talking about it extensively here in Southern California, where I'm based out of. And we came through a horrific setback last night, opening night for the San Diego Padres. If you looked at the box score, you wouldn't understand what happened. But uh, Padres starting pitcher Hugh Darvish had a no-hitter into the seventh inning. They had to pull him uh, just because of pitch count, uh, you know, in short spring training and all that. And they went through the bullpen and they brought in a Japanese reliever that they paid $5 million for. Uh, Robert Suarez in the ninth inning against the lowly Arizona Diamondbacks, a really bad team. And he walked two batters, hit the third, was yanked after 15 pitches. Twelve of them were balls. And then they brought in another reliever. He gave up a three-run home run. Game over just like that on one bad pitch. Uh, people here are shaking their head. That's not the way you want to start the season, especially when everybody in San Diego is of the opinion it's going to be a playoff team and it's a team that's going to challenge the Dodgers. But at least last night, it did not. So baseball's off and running. We're glad it's here. The 99-day animosity of the, the lockout, I think, has been put in the rearview mirror. And it's fascinating because we've got some rule changes here that we're experimenting with and got a lot of new faces and a lot of new places in baseball. So we got interesting spring and summer ahead of us. And by the way, was it Ken making reference to warm weather? You guys wanted warm weather? Yeah, well, we'd, if, we'd like a bit of it. Would be yeah, appreciated if you would, if you would look out the window of where you're broadcasting from, and look look to the southwest, and if you see a guy waving a white flag, that's me. It's a hundred one in San Diego, <laughs> third straight day of triple digit. I knew it was the first day of baseball. I did not know it was the first day of summer. So I'm waving the white flag. I'll I'll put the hot weather in the mail to you. Yeah, listen, we will take it, Lee. It's uh, hasn't been a particularly nice, uh, nice week weather-wise, and uh, hasn't been a nice week for our local hockey team right now with uh, not making the playoffs. So uh, we will take it if you can bring it. Hey, listen, just before we move on to the National Football League and some of the other stories, you mentioned the Padres. We're focusing so much on the Dodgers in the National League, and you mentioned the money they're spending and the championship they won. How have the Padres handled the incredible disappointment of last season? Because when we went into the year, it was really thought to be the Padres were going to be a real legitimate challenge for the Dodgers. They were for the first half season and then completely face planted and sort of felt from the outside like they imploded. 12 and 36 at the end of the season. Oh, the team was in first place. Then the team owned the wild card spot and then they went 12 and 36. They lost all their starting pitching. Six of their top seven pitchers wound up having surgeries and spending extensive time on the disabled list. By the time we got to the last week of the season, their starting pitchers included Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez, who had been released by other teams. It was it was hideous. Uh, and, and then, of course, Fernando Tatis was in and out of the batting order with this uh, shoulder separation. 
issue. Uh, they've, they've added players in the offseason, just made two trades in the last week, but they're trying to counteract all the moves the Dodgers made. You know, the Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman a couple weeks ago, then the Dodgers just traded for K uh, Craig Kimbrell from the Chicago White Sox, got 327 career saves. So San Diego's just a little bit behind the eight ball, and Tatis is hurt again with a fractured wrist in a motorcycle accident. And they're not the same team that we, we saw last year. I will say this, though, when you win, and, and I'll, I'll just link this to your Winnipeg Jet fans. When you win and you go into the playoffs for the first time in years, you know how electric your building is? I've been in Winnipeg. I know how crazy it was for hockey fans. Well, that's what it was in San Diego at the beginning of last season because they came out of the gate 7-3. and three. They beat the Dodgers five times in the first month of the season. This town was just going crazy. Every game at Petco Park was like a Winnipeg Jets playoff game. That's how electric it was in the stadium. And then they started losing players, and then he stopped hitting, and then they lost the whole pitching staff, and it's been a disaster. So they're, they're spending an inordinate amount of money. Uh, they're, they're a $205 million payroll. This is a small market here, so it's it's really been been tough on Padre fans. But we'll see what the baseball season brings because the roster you have today might not be the one you're going to have in a month, and it might not be the healthy one you're going to have in August. So you just never know. Hey, Derek Schmidt, thanks very much for the super chat. We'll make it rain and maybe ring a little later on in the segment. Great to have you with us. Hey, Lee, just before we get off baseball, there is a lot of excitement and frankly, a lot of hype for the Toronto Blue Jays heading into this season. What are you hearing about the uh, the Bluebirds north of the border? Well, south of the border, everybody said that they've really loaded the gun. I mean, that's a really good offensive baseball team. Now, granted, they lost a, a pitcher or two along the way, but I, I still think a really gifted team, as long as you can keep Vlad healthy and Bichette hitting, uh, I, I think they're dynamic. And, you know, you, the one thing right now that you got that you did not have last year, and I thought he would have been a difference maker last year, is a healthy George Springer. He's a really fine baseball player. I don't know that he gets as much national recognition as he deserves, but pretty good team, pretty tough division. I mean, but I, I will say this, the, the Yankees, I think, have pitching issues once you get beyond Garrett Cole. Boston, I don't think it's the same team any longer. They they may have bats, but they don't have Chris Sale. I just don't think they're the same team. So, I you know, in Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay, but they keep trading their veteran players away because they have to run a low budget operation, and sometimes that catches up to you. I I think the Jays are the team to beat in what could be a rugged division, but I don't think all those other teams are complete baseball teams. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Lee, let's uh, move over to the NFL Notebook. Brian Flores lawsuit has been a huge story of the off season. There's now a couple more names, uh, including Steve Wilkes, who is a part of the lawsuit and an incredible revelation from Mike Malarkey on a small YouTube show about how things went in relation to his hiring of the Tennessee Titans. Um, fill us in. Well, there's a lot swirling around the Brian Flores case. And there's another item, another addendum to this lawsuit that has just leaked out. Uh, the first thing is that Ray Horton and Steve Wilkes have joined the lawsuit. Horton of the opinion that he was brought in for an interview with the Tennessee Titans after the Titans had already told Mike Malarkey it would be his job. And they even went forward and told Malarkey they were delaying the announcement because they had to do minority interviews to fulfill the Rooney rules. That's a pretty nasty statement from a club executive made to an incoming head coach. And now, and Malarkey said he was really offended at that point in time. Well, he wasn't offended enough to turn the job down. 
Uh, but it was obviously that this thing was structured very unfairly for Ray Horton. In terms of the Wilkes situation, I, I'm not sure I totally agree with his premise that he wasn't given a fair shot. He was given the shot and it was a disaster. And the game, I, I recall when all the stuff was going on with, with Arizona, his game planning, his game management was poor. Now, he has dragged uh, Cliff Kingsbury into the middle of this argument, saying, well, they've given Kingsbury multiple opportunities and extensions. They didn't give that to me. Well, Kingsbury, he's faltered at the end of each of the last two seasons that have really screwed the team up. But he was red hot the first two-thirds of each year that he coached. So I'm a little surprised Wilkes would drag Kingsbury into this mess. Now the latest revelation is that Brian, Brian Flores, of course, is also charged as Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Andrew uh, came to him and uh, insinuated, we need to tank games so we can collect higher draft picks. And Flores said no. Well, Flores evidently wrote a response letter to Stephen Ross saying, this is a disgrace. This is not what professional football is all about. This is not about me. I emphatically reject whatever you propose to me. That letter is in the lawsuit about systemic racism that the National Football League has. So not only has Flores got people coming on board with him, and I think there are going to be more African-Americans that come on board, but at the same time, Miami Steve Ross has got a real problem on his hands because now there is, I think I used the term a couple of weeks ago with you, paper trail. There is a paper trail letter from Brian Flores to Stephen Ross admonishing the owner for that. And by the way, if that's not enough, then we've got Pete Carroll standing up at the owners' meetings last week in Seattle and just ripping NFL ownership in the big picture. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this specific quote that triggered all this, uh, but this whole minority hiring thing is front and center. And Pete Carroll stood up in the middle of the discussion about minority hiring and saying, two of you owners come to the reality that there are qualified coaches who are different than you we're never going to solve the minority hiring problem in the National Football League. Uh, as of this hour, when you're getting ready to buy, buy me lunch, uh, there are six African-American minority head coaches. Uh, there are uh, 18 defensive coordinators. There are only four offensive coordinators, and the league is taking action to change that. And there's eight special teams coordinators. So I think the Rooney rule works. I just think we got to get more guys into the pipeline who are qualified, who can be interviewed. And the NFL just did last Friday, a week ago today, when they closed out the owners' meetings, they put in place a new rule. And you and I talked about this maybe a month ago, that the NFL, each team, must hire a minority to be an assistant offensive coordinator who has hands-on access to the offensive coordinator and the head coach to speed the learning curve. So they're going to try to develop more black offensive coordinators so they can go into the interview pool fully qualified. Doesn't solve the situation for Eric Benemy, Byron Leftwich, etc. But the league, is, league continues to push it. But this whole Brian Flores lawsuit that you have brought up just bears watching because now there's a paper trail. Now there's real hard evidence that this stuff was happening. Well, there is one new minority head coach, and that, of course, is uh, Todd Bowles in Tampa because Bruce Arians stepped down. What do you make of that whole situation? A lot of people speculate that Tom Brady was behind it. Brady was there front and center, apparently supporting Bruce Arians. What's the truth on all this, Lee? Why has this happened when it did? Uh, the people I network with, uh, just and I know Bruce Arians a bit, not a great deal, just from a distance. Bruce Arians has always been his own guy in Pittsburgh as an offensive coordinator where he succeeded and then got fired. 
in Arizona where he had success resurrecting a bad franchise and obviously what he inherited in Tampa Bay and drove with Tom Brady to the Super Bowl and almost drove him back a second straight time. He's always been his own man. I, I firmly believe he probably won't talk about it, but I think, I think this is a combination of burnout. I think it's, it's health-related. He's a two-time cancer survivor. There's a heart issue there. And the fact that he, he never gets the kind of recognition because he's so outspoken, he's a little bit offbeat, and that's okay. He never got the recognition for what he's done for minorities. I don't know if it's, it's a well-known fact, Andrew. Uh, Tampa Bay has 11 black assistant coaches. And they, have the, they were the first ones that hired a female assistant coach. So he has been a huge proponent of minorities in the National Football League. Uh, he, he deserves an enormous amount of credit. And he decided, I don't know when he decided he was stepping down, but I think he decided to do it outside the window of the Rooney Rule. Because he knows Todd Bowles. He's been involved with Todd Bowles for 20 plus years. He, he recruited Todd Bowles when Bruce was a head coach at Temple University as they're trying to rebuild that program in Philadelphia, and they did. And Todd went on to a nice career, then, then became an assistant coach and uh, worked with Arians. They got hired, got fired, wound up back in Tampa. Uh, this, this guy has a lot of credits, I think, to his resume. So uh, Bruce Arians wanted to handpick his own guy. He's got three African-American coordinators on his staff. So He's been a real proponent of the minorities. That is a hell of a guy. A little different, difficult to deal with from a media standpoint. Uh, and I don't think the Brady situation has anything to do with this. And even, even if Brady didn't get along with him, tough crap. And that, that's the way Arians is. He was that way with Ben Roethlisberger. He was that way in Arizona uh, with the Cardinals, with Carson Palmer. And obviously, if, if there were differences with Tom Brady, so be it. That just comes with the job. No doubt. Lee Hawksaw Hamilton's with us. Uh, there was a pretty big trade. Fill us in on this uh, deal between the uh, the Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles, Lee. Yeah, flip-flopping number one picks. And uh, New Orleans thinks that they're pretty close to being pretty good. And they wanted to move up in the draft ahead of a couple teams that were looking at offensive linemen. And that's what New Orleans has to do. They lost their left tackle, Taron Armstead, who jumped to Miami as an NFL free agent just a week ago. Uh, Philadelphia's got multiple picks philadelphia stockpiling a ton of draft picks uh this year next year and the year after uh it, it's really weird when you you look at what's happened we talked about the past about all the trades and and the number one draft picks uh it is absolutely amazing how many draft picks have now been traded there are 11 first round draft picks this year that have been swapped already i've never ever seen that before in the last two years andrew We've seen these quarterbacks moving, name quarterbacks, the Russell Wilson-type quarterbacks moving from team to team. It's just a new breed of general manager that's run on the National Football League that does not subscribe to the theory. You don't trade quarterbacks. You don't trade your number one draft picks. Now, some people have done the absurd what Cleveland did, trading three number ones to get access to Deshaun Watson because your number one picks are your currency for the future franchise, and Cleveland's kind of giving that away but it, it's been interesting to watch just how things have changed the landscape has changed and how many first round draft picks have now been moved in the nfl this year alone yeah it's going to be very interesting draft week coming up at the end of the month lee thanks so much for doing this uh what do you got i mean huge sports weekend with the masters going on baseball starting i mean uh, imagine it'll be a uh, busy over at leehacksawhamilton.com yeah, we write a ton, obviously, an uh, awful lot going on here with the opening of the baseball season with the news and notes in the NFL and the NBA and the NHL. And real tough morning or tough afternoon now for Tiger Woods. Uh, four bogeys on his first five holes. Uh, 
you know, I, I watched a chunk of that yesterday, and I think everybody is just rooted for Tiger in this enormous challenge of another comeback. Him shooting a 71, and I, he labored, and he was limping walking that course. I, don't, I, I question all along whether or not he'd be long off the tee, but the bigger question to me was could he walk the four-plus miles on that Augusta course, and he came up limping towards the end of that. And today, uh, he's hitting the ball everywhere but the fairway. He's got four bogeys, I think, in the first five holes. So he is, he's really dug himself a hole. But it, it, is a, it is a monument to his toughness and grit that he was able to carve a 71 out of that course. Now, whether he could repeat it, start to look like that's going away, start to look like maybe he does not make the cut. But give him, give him credit for the testament to just try it at this point because I would have never imagined this was possible. All eyes on Augusta for this afternoon's back nine for Tiger Woods to see if he'll play on the weekend. Lee, thanks for doing this. We'll catch up soon. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, we'll start zeroing in an NFL draft next Friday on The Notebook. Thanks, Andrew. Have a great sports weekend. Thanks so much. There it is, the one and only Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Make sure to check out his site daily at leehacksawhamilton.com. As release says, 15 minutes and you'll be the smartest sports fan around. Uh, listen, we do have marbles to get to and uh you know we may have to fire up the wheel as well for uh these tickets to the game tonight um listen first up princess auto curling report shout out to brad gushu big win this morning over the scots and canada is in first place at the world curling championship at nine and two action continues in las vegas throughout this week and we'll see whether brad gushu can add a uh, gold another gold medal to the mantle and bring it back for Canada. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of Curling Players Cup coming up to finish up the season and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them at one of two Winnipeg locations or shop online 24-7, 365 over at Princess Auto auto.com uh busy weekend downtown bp before and after the game pop into boston pizza city place whether you're with the gang in the lounge side or bringing the family into the dining room side and of course if you're not going to the game no better place to pop by watch the masters or the game tonight than your local boston pizza and if you're staying home check out their game day deals and order online at bostonpizza.com the weekend's here the Nick and Nicky DQ group are ready for you, ready for spring. We can maybe get a few more blizzards going right now as the uh, snow melts eventually. But of course, right now, the new stack burgers are all the rage. Six new burgers at Dairy Queen. If you haven't tried them before, what are you waiting for? Pop by any of the four locations of the Nick and Nicky DQ. One in Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And good news. All three Winnipeg locations now on all delivery apps available for you seven days a week. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba if you do want to order a cake in advance or just pop by and pick one up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Great stuff with Fowler, with Weeb, and of course with Hacksaw. Friday afternoon, still paying attention to this leaderboard at the Masters with Danny Willett on top at four under par making the turn ream. Uh, but we do have marbles to do. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, I got a nice pair of Winnipeg jet seats to give away and thinking maybe we do that in a wheel of winners to make sure that whoever can make tonight's game. Sure. Sounds good. One thing Hus, I just realized I need to do an update for the marbles. It'll take a quick like minute. Sure. Your, your video might get all jumbled uh, when I do this just because, um, just because it uses my internet, so 
I, I'm just going to do this real quick. But before we go, I, I wanted to bring up uh, some breaking news. Uh, you, you mentioned Owen Power uh, signing with Buffalo. That was Kevin Weeks breaking that. Well, Columbus announced they signed one of his teammates as well. Who was it? Ken Chong? Which one? The draft. I'm no, bringing no, this you're up. You're dropping Sorry. the breaking news. Ken, so. Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson. They've, they've Another uh, Michigan standout. <clears throat> Yes. Yeah, that team was so stacked, kind of stunning that they lost the way they did yesterday to Denver. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's good news for a lot of NHL teams yes. looking to assign these players and get them into the roster before the uh, before the end of the year. And then they also signed Michigan captain Nick Blankenberg. So Columbus and Yarmo Kekalainen uh, making some moves. Uh, we did have an announcement from uh, the Department of Player Safety not the NHL's Department of Player Safety, but from the Academy of Motion Pictures. <laughs> uh, Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars for 10 years. He cannot attend. Now, I like, don't know. Okay, this is hilarious because yeah. they let him stay for the rest of the event after slapping Chris Rock Yes. Get his award. Everyone yeah. gave him the big standing ovation as if nothing happened. And now he's banned for 10 years? I guess that's the old thing. You know, a guy takes a guy's head off in a game yeah. and there's no <laughs> penalty. And then it goes to player safety and they realize, oh my God, we look terrible. Then there was no penalty. And they give him a way bigger suspension than it would have warranted in the first place. Oh, yeah. Nailed, nailed it, I think. I think they realize, you know what? We really messed up here by not booting him out of the event like you can't go to a black tie event and, and just go up on stage and slap a guy because you don't like the joke and they did nothing <laughs> they let him hang around it's insane so uh yeah he got banned for 10 years i think there's some people still questioning whether or not this is a work uh but it seems legitimate i, I think he can still win the award he just technically wouldn't be not invited and he's not going to be there for 10 years yeah. Wonder if in eleven years there'll be a big welcome back will to the Oscars oh. and the Academy Academy Awards. Funniest thing I heard about that was um that you know if this was sports, you know, this would have happened. They would have had like the Mike Pereira type in the booth breaking down what happened and what the penalty should be mm -hmm. and whatnot. But they don't sort of have those things for big awards shows. There was a it was a rudderless ship. They couldn't have the commentary on what should or wouldn't happen. And I don't know who's in charge. I mean, there's no head referee of the Oscars. There's no one person that decides whether this guy gets kicked out or not. So maybe that will change. Maybe they will have a director yeah. of officiating for next year's Academy Awards. Uh, that being said, they might not need it because Will will not be there apparently for 10 years. Yeah, like you can't go up and slap a guy. I don't, I, like, have you ever seen that? Was, and then told him, swore at him on the broadcast. Absolutely, uh, absolutely incredible. Event. No doubt. Hey, uh, um, so can we do a uh, can we do a tickets uh thing right now? Sure. With the you want to do the tickets first? Yeah. Or... So, folks, I've got a sweet pair of seats for the game tonight. Uh, please only enter if you can go. Uh, would love to see one of you maybe taking one of your kids out to the game right now. Obviously, get a chance to see uh, an incredible visiting team in the Colorado Avalanche. Big thanks to our friends at Canadian Club who uh, sent them over to me today. So we wanted to make someone's weekend uh, get it started off and hopefully see a good game 
much better. I couldn't be much worse than Wednesday's game, but uh, hey, great chance to see the Avalanche as they get ready for the playoffs. So just pay attention to the chat. Remus will post it when you do see exclamation mark tickets, uh, non-transferable. Again, you got to be subscribed to uh, to win, so make sure you've hit that red subscribe button on the YouTube already, and uh, we'll put everyone in. Uh, and if you win, we'll just need to get your email, and we'll send you the tickets so you can go tonight. We'll get them to you at some point before the game. Uh, but just please only enter if you are able to go to the game tonight. Um, okay, listen, while we get that set up, we'll give you a minute to a minute to do that. I want to give a big shout out to Pitt and the gang over at Aikens Lake. They are so pumped to be opening to the world again. Uh, as Pitt said to me earlier, Manitobans have been so awesome the past few years, and they're looking forward to hosting so many of them again, along with people from other provinces and across the United States as well. It's going to be the busiest year ever at Aikens Lake. If you do, if you are thinking, I mean, we've been there, I mean, experienced the greatest three or four days of my year every year when we head out to Aikens. If you're thinking about that, either for a friends or family trip or a corporate trip, reconnecting with customers that you might not have seen, there is limited availability right now in a little bit in the first half of the season, something around May long weekend and possibly July long weekend as well for groups up to four at the main lodge. Find out more at AkinsLake.com. Incredible people. The Turin family has been so good to us. If you do want more information, you can also hit Pit up on Twitter at AkinsLake or check out the website with everything they've going on. And for those of you watching on, uh, on YouTube, some of the amazing cabins and uh, fishing they've got over at Aikens Lake. Um, so listen, we will do this ticket giveaway and then we will fire up the marbles right now. So uh, I think we've got everybody... That is uh, that is put in for the tickets for tonight's game. Thanks again to our friends at Canadian Club. Um, Remo, you want to close that? We can uh, fire off the uh, fire off the wheel of winners. See who's going to the game tonight, and then we'll get down to business with the week-ending marble race sure. here on Winnipeg Sports I'll, Talk. I'll close it in a sec. I just want to give a, a shout out to I think it was Derek Schmidt who did the super chat. So there was a bunch of people. So, so Hacksaw comes on every Friday. And the talk in the chat is always, I think that phone behind him works. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it does. Like I have yeah, it's his a landline phone. I have they his, still have those. I have his phone number. So I think BA Split offered $20 super chat for me to call him during the interview. <laughs> and then someone else offered $50 super chat to call him during the interview. And I was like, I'm not doing that, but people wanted to see that phone ring. So uh Derek thank you for that super chat and I know a lot of people in chat who um we enabled channel memberships a month ago a lot of them they had their microphone color changed today from the standard color to now a blue microphone so shout out to all those uh two oh yeah thanks everyone for uh, that uh you know became a member of the chat we really appreciate the support if you're wondering about that you know why some of the emotes are there uh it's a simple it's two bucks a month is a great way for us to support the chat for some equipment and things like that mm. certainly do that already if you ha haven't already uh okay so Let's finish off these. We've got the ticket giveaway. We're going to do the Wheel of Winners. Don't bother putting in marbles right now because it's not open. You won't be entered. We'll let you know when you should be putting exclamation mark marbles. But uh, Remus, if you want to grab those, uh, those names, sure. throw them into the wheel. And again, folks, well, obviously everyone's here that entered um, will recognize you. And then you can send us an email afterwards for whoever wins. And at some point before the game, I will get you the uh, the tickets 
that have been uh, graciously provided uh, for us by our friends over at Canadian Club. And uh, hey, while Remus gets this ready, speaking of Canadian Club, the uh, the CC and Ginger is in stores right now. Talking to James the other day, they are very, very fired up that uh, it's finally here. It's in stores and beer vendors now as well. So if you're looking, look for the uh, the ready-to-drink area, um, and you'll see the brand-new Canadian Club and Ginger Ale available right now. And CC Whiskey displays are in 26 of the Liquor Marts this month, and there you'll get a free can of CC and Ginger with the purchase of any CC bottle. They've got a, a bonus air miles on the CC and Ginger from April 11th to 13th. For the Easter Max Miles display and uh, large bottles of Canadian Club on sale all this month over at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart. Uh, all right, Remo, how many people we've got in the wheel for these uh, nice lower bowl seats for the game tonight? 61. 60, uh, 61. Right on, right on. So I can bring it up right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks to everyone that uh, that entered, and thanks again to James for throwing those tickets our way to uh, get the weekend started for somebody with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And again, if you just popped in, make sure you hit the red subscribe button so you're eligible to win both the tickets as well as the marble race that will be coming up in just a couple minutes after we are done. All right, good luck to everyone that has entered. Somebody's going to see the Jets and Avs tonight in uh, section 117. Remo, why don't you give it a spin and see who our winner is? And it is Larry TSG. What's up, Larry? Larry's been here quite a bit lately. Great to have you. And Larry, congratulations. So, uh, Larry, hit us up with an email at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com and let us know whether it's that email you need or another one, and we'll send them to you afterwards. And uh, hopefully you can uh, take someone that will appreciate the ticket and enjoy the game tonight. And thanks again to Canadian Club. All right, Reem, I think what we should probably do is open up the uh, marbles and we get ready for the race. And at that point, while people enter, I can get to uh, some of the cool bet lines, including the Jays home opener tonight. And of course, the Jets avalanche game tonight downtown. Yeah, sorry. I'm just I'm just uh, summoning Larry in the chat. We're getting ready for for this. What, what did you just say about the game tonight? Uh, I, I, I wasn't that, paying attention. I, I said that I'm going I said that once we open up the uh, marble entries, I'll get to the cool bet lines oh, for yeah, tonight's yeah. game, Blue Jays home opener, and uh, and more. Yeah, Larry TSG, way to go! Congratulations. Send us that email at WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll make sure we get you those tickets. Congratulations again, Larry. All right. The marble entry is open. You know how this works, everyone. Make sure you've hit the like button, the thumbs up. Make sure you have subscribed. And we've got a Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie collab with our friends at Canadian Club for first place. And we'll do this again. The last marble across the line that does not go over the top rope, but the last place marble finisher that actually gets to the finish line We'll go get a DQ cake for you from our friends over at Nick and Nikki DQ. So marble entries open. We'll give you a minute to do that. If you're with us, just exclamation mark marbles in the chat. And meanwhile, let's take a look at the cool bet lines for tonight. Five games in the National Hockey League. 
Uh, Islanders at Hurricanes. Hurricanes beat the Sabres last night. Islanders plus 152 underdogs on the road. Canes minus 182 at home. Panthers are a massive minus 455 favorite against the Buffalo Sabres. I was considering taking the Sabres on the uh, on the puck line plus 150. Uh, but if you want the Panthers, you're going to lay a lot of juice minus 455. Or you can pick them to win by three goals. Uh, and at that point, you can get just over even money. Bruins and Lightning, great matchup tonight. Tampa Bay, minus 149 favorites. Pretty much close to a pick in between the Wild and Blues. Wild, a very slight minus 111 favor on the road. I do like Minnesota. We talked about that today on the lock shop. And then here, it's the Avalanche and the Winnipeg Jets. No Blake Wheeler tonight for the home team. Jets a plus 150 home underdog. And the Colorado Avalanche at minus 179. Heading over to Major League Baseball. It is opening day for the Toronto Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays are minus 156 favorites against the Texas Rangers. The over-under for this game is nine and a half. And if you do like the run line for the Jays to win by two, I'm on that for tonight. Minus uh, plus 112 for the Jays to win by two. And if you just want to focus on the Jays and what they can do at the plate, team total for the Jays. Four and a half. Don't mind the over in that one. All right. Again, of course, coolbet.com is the place to be. Use that promo code WST as well uh, for a bonus on your first deposit. All right. We've got the Coolbet lines done. We will continue. You know, I tell you what, we've got last call for marbles, everybody. Mm-hmm. If you haven't already put your marble in, you've got about 15 seconds to do so. Exclamation mark marbles. And then, Remo, if you want to just uh, close that up, and while you do that, I will give people a little update on the latest from Augusta and the Masters. As I mentioned, Charles Schwartzel is in, along with my guy Sungjae Im. Three under par is the lead right now, tied with Danny Willett, who's playing the 11th hole, and Scotty Scheffler, who's playing the 8th hole right now. They're both at three under on the course. Harold Varner III, Dustin Johnson in the clubhouse at minus two. Gooch, Neiman, Cam Smith, defending champion Hideki Matsuyama, all at two under par. Corey Connors in at one under, along with Colin Morikawa, who had a real strong round today of two under. Will Zalatoris was even par. He's in at one under. And uh, JJ Spawn is playing the 18th hole at one under. He's had a great round today. Kevin Na, Shane Lowry, my guy Tony Fino, all at one under. Let's go down and see what's up with Eldrick Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods just birdied the eighth hole to get back to two under. He's three over for his round. And Justin Thomas trying to make the weekend as well. Just JT was an ugly four over yesterday, uh, but he birdied two and three right now. He's playing the eighth hole at two over par. Right now, the projected cut is Four over. So if you're, uh, whether it's in your DraftKings pool or you just, you know, want your guys in your own pool to be playing on the weekend, looks like right now they're expecting four over to be the number. And Brooks Kepka is playing 18 right now. He's at five over after bogeying 16. Uh, he and a number of players, including Jordan Spieth, while Spieth's in the clubhouse at six over, he doubled 18. He's probably done for the weekend. Xander Shoffley, Abraham Answer, Bryson DeChambeau, all at seven over. Justin Rose won't be playing in the weekend as well. 
Uh, so a pretty interesting leaderboard, but some big names on the verge of potentially missing out on the weekend. All right, Reem. Mm-hmm. How are we how are we doing? We're doing good. Am I adding any names to this? Am I adding ni- any names? Yeah, let's put in Hacksaw. Okay. Let's let's put in Kenny. Okay. Let's put in Reed Fowler. Okay. Let's throw Tiger Woods in. Okay. Definitely got to put in Tiger Woods. Sure. And uh you know what? Just because he deserved a much better fate on his own bobblehead night, let's put Connor Hellebuck in the mm-hmm. Marvel race as well. He deserves it. Connor Hellebuck going in. Sure, we can we can do those. I do want to give a shout out. Um, a previous Marble winner, uh, Eric, told me that he wore his hoodie out in public the other day, and someone's like, "Hey, Winnipeg Sports Talk, where can I uh, listen to that?" And uh, so shout out to Eric for rocking his winning hoodie. We're here. People don't know. And if anyone you know, doesn't win and wants to get a, a hoodie, you can go to our website, winnipegsportstalk.com, click on the store. We do have some merchandise. There's a zip and a regular hoodie. We do have them here ready for Yeah, you got the zips are really cool too. These are the pullover hoodies that we've got that we did up with Canadian Club, but there Mm -hmm. are that t-shirts and more. Check it out, winnipegsportstalk.com. All right, while Remus gets the marbles ready, one thing we do ask, if you can do us a favor, go online, wnla.ca. It's the Winnipeg Nightlife Awards, a number of categories for local businesses. We got nominated for the top radio station slash podcast and Normally, we wouldn't, you know, be too. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of things like this, but this would be really, really neat for us to win the radio station contest, considering what's happened over the last year. So, if you do have time at any point over the weekend or do it a couple times, WNLA.ca, pop in. You'll see the Winnipeg Sports Talk option on the radio station podcast. There's about 15 different categories. Our friends at Little Brown Jug are nominated for the local beer. Um, Nick Ziff and Nicolino's restaurants there. Bell Buddies over at the beer can. Um, so again, you'll probably see some of your favorite local businesses or people in that list. But if you can, hook the boys up with a vote or two and uh, spread the word. WNLA.ca. Oh, okay, well, yeah. voting's closed then. No, uh, voting oh, is closed. Okay, well, thanks for everyone that has supported us. Thank you, Miller Time, for giving me the heads up. Didn't really know when it was uh, going to be finished. But uh, anyways, thanks to everyone that supported it. We'll see what happens in a couple weeks for the awards. All right, Remo, let's finish this yeah. off. Do some marbles and then watch some uh, back night of the uh, the Masters. Okay, before we we go, I do want to give a shout out. One thing we didn't mention, didn't really touch on any of the hockey news. Andrew Kopp has been absolutely on fire <laughs> with the rangers uh, maybe they should have got a first round pick for him uh, he's really clicking with artemi panarin well keep playing well win a couple rounds in the playoffs yeah. and the jets will get that we're a huge ranger guy in fact yeah. we might have to have daily ranger updates throughout the playoffs right now considering uh, the jets yes. won't be there and the uh, benefit to the club if yeah. they can possibly win those two rounds here are the Numbers, nine games, he's got three goals, seven assists, and ten points. So Andrew Kopp, point-per-game player uh, with the Rangers. So, he was that earlier this season for the Jets, too, for a good period of time. He had that great start. I think he had, what, 15 points in the first 12 games this year, back when the Jets had that great start at the beginning of October or November. Yeah, they're saying in New York, gotta, gotta sign this guy. So uh, We'll see how it goes. I'm trying to do the uh, marbles. I feel like I might be missing it. But maybe, maybe not. Anyway, we're we're good to go. I'm gonna load this up. 
All right. I wanted to know. We do go. Do we give props here to Austin Matthews for setting yeah. a franchise record for for goals? Uh, pretty incredible. Fifty six last night. Two more OT winner against the Dallas Stars. And uh, listen, the guy's just having an absolutely incredible season. And I think he'd had forty seven goals in forty seven games. I think that might be. He's going to probably score more than fifty in less than fifty games as far as this period of the season. Um, I know. I was on with Dusty earlier this morning, and uh, obviously the people in Edmonton are uh, very pro Connor McDavid, and I will agree he's the best player in the world. Uh, but I think that Austin Matthews is very, very legitimate Hart Trophy candidate, and he's a very slight favorite over McDavid right now. When you look at uh, sports books, and listen, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those players. But I'll tell you what: I mean, Austin Matthews is going to top sixty goals this year, potentially sixty-five, and. Tell you what, there's a lot of history in that Toronto Maple Leaf organization. So um, to be the all-time best goal scorer in a single season in Leafs history, pretty special season that Austin Matthews is having. Yes, absolutely. I'm just picking the race here. Yeah, Austin Matthews doing great. And one thing, I don't know if we touched on this, uh, Matt Sakaris floating the rumors on Twitter yesterday that um, Jim Rutherford, him and Paul Maurice, they're buddies. And they're not really have the Canucks aren't really having conversations with Bruce Boudreaux about bringing him back. So it's possible that the Canucks would look at bringing in Paul Maurice. And wouldn't that be wild seeing uh, Paul so Maurice in a, this. behind a bench, not the Winnipeg Jets? I mean, I don't know what'll happen to the Canucks on the ice. The post game press conferences will be great. That's for sure. Yes. And uh, and hey, listen, we see how these things work. I mean, uh, personal relationships are a big, big part of, you know, hockey organizations and front office decision-making. Uh, and Paul Maurice has been a, uh, let's just say he's negotiated his career very, very well, managed to stay here in Winnipeg on for a long, long time and still a relatively young man. So, I mean, there certainly is more coaching in Paul Maurice. Um, so as I said, I, I mean, he won't be here in Winnipeg, but I think the NHL, it's at least it's a more colorful league when Paul Maurice is behind the bench. So, uh, Go for it, Canucks. Make the make it happen, and then uh, be interesting to see what happens for Bruce Boudreau. I know there'll probably be a few people around here in Winnipeg that might not mind smiling Bruce. He'd be very entertaining to have. We had one very entertaining coach in Paul Maurice, and Bruce Boudreau is certainly no different at that. All right, let's do some marbles. I'm just getting the theme song ready to go. It's not a marble race without the... Yeah, Tristan Rivers time here on WST for marbles. I owe... I always forget the folder I have saved in every. <laughs> it's not under the folder called music. Yeah. I not. I'm. I just haven't bothered to change that. I have another mystery. All well, right. It's always Friday afternoon. You're probably finish the show on Friday. Get the pot up. You're not thinking about reorganizing the location of the Tristan Rivers music marbles theme for Winnipeg Sports Talk. But I think you found it. There's nothing funnier than that piece of uh, that you in the wrestling ring with the uh, Oleg over the top, ready to 
throw them over the top rope. All right. Shout out to everyone that's in. Once again, we're playing for a Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Club for the first place finisher. And the final marble across the line will hook you up with the DQ cake from one of the four Nick and Nikki DQ locations. Uh, looks like a lot of marbles in. Remo, what, uh, what course are we doing today? Uh, this is called Temple of Steve. I don't know who Steve is, but I liked the name and the uh, average finishing time. So, All right, let's do it. Here we go. Drop the marbles on a Friday afternoon on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Into the funnel they go. Yeah, it always starts with a funnel. And shout out to everyone in chat telling me, put it in an easily accessible fold. I don't know. Yeah, I got to I gotta put it in the music fold, not in, in a sound effect fold. It's not a sound effect. It's a song. Anyway. <laughs> Doug Phil with a nice start. Looks like he might be getting down the, uh, the funnel first. Great start for Doug Phil. A little, bit of a, a little bit of a lead here. Now the rest of the pack comes in. Hey, there's Tristan Rivers music. I believe Tristan's in the mix. Nicole J, Tiger Woods. Great start for Tiger, much like yesterday. Now, can he hold it down and get through it? Uh, who do we got? Larry Miller's in the mix. Tim Hefner. Hey, by the way, Brown Eyed Girl MJD, I see here. Welcome back, Brown Eyed Girl. I know your work schedule is meant that you haven't been able to join us live as much, but uh, great to see you uh, back here. All right, Doug Phil with a big, big lead so far. As we all know, that doesn't necessarily mean much like leading the Masters after the first round. There's certainly no guarantees that anything like that happens. Uh, but a nice run for Tristan Rivers music right now. Uh, I still have no idea really who is first. I'm seeing what it says on it. Uh, but it does look like maybe Tristan uh, as well as I see Manny Franz in the mix there. I don't know what happened to Doug Phil, but it doesn't look like he's at the front anymore. Um John D, TTTT Bone. I think TTTT Bone is a former winner. D Train, Tristan Rivers Music is back in the mix. Um, all right, D Train, John D, and T Bone in the mix right now, going down this uh, this slide, if you will. Tight. Corey's in the mix there. Doug Phil's back into fifth. N Mac, Mike Cochrane, Winnipeg. But right now, everyone is chasing D-Train and T-T-T-T-T-Bone. Oh, oh Todd Fertani just got thrown over the top rope. David the Fantasy over the top rope. Oh, and this is another one of these rotating. Oh, T-T-T-Bone with the winner over D-Train. Nicely done. All right, so T-Bone is in with the victory. Now, we need to see who the final marble is across the line for the DQ cake. Um, this is when a lot of people are getting thrown over, just not able to get in. This is the, the second week in a row where we've had the moving um, moving finishing spot ream. Yeah, I like it. It certainly makes poor Gitch Lishka still smarting over uh, the near miss last week uh, where he ended up going over the top rope when uh, the victory was there for him. All right, who do we got? Turd Ferguson, Leanne, Devin, Brent Harlock. I think Devin just got in. Remo's Twitter and Brent Harlock, the final one. We see the fire coming down. Will either of these get in or will be? Oh, Brent got in and Remo's Twitter. Is that your Twitter, Remo? Someone has their username as my my Twitter, <laughs> so they are in the last finisher confirmed. 
There's T T T T T Bone uh, with the with the win. So. Big big win. T Bone, uh, give us a tweet uh, with your size and whatnot at Winnipeg Sports Talk at gmail.com. and Remo's Twitter. Um, take a picture of your. Send us a picture of that. That is actually your account. Just because obviously anyone could say that they're Remo's Twitter uh, and uh, fire us an email as well. Just send it there and we'll get you set up at uh, one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, whichever one you prefer to pick up from. Uh, but we'll get back to you and let you know when it's ready. Uh, man, great week of shows. Obviously, the last couple of days, a little bit of a downer after that game against the Detroit Red Wings. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great sports weekend. Do not forget that uh, the ice are at home tomorrow and Saturday uh, and Sunday. I'll tell you what, I think we've got some ice tickets. Um, we won't do this live on the program, but if you are interested in going to the ice game, hit us up with a tweet at sports talk WPG, and we will uh, pick a couple winners. We'll tweet out the winners and we'll send you the tickets. Um, just make sure that we can send you back a DM to get your email. So at Sports Talk WPG, if you want to go to the ice games on either Saturday or Sunday, we'll fire some tickets out there. Really looking forward to these games. And then the final two games next week, Moose on the road this weekend and Jets at home tonight before heading to Ottawa on Sunday. And then Monday, we'll talk about that game and get ready for the Wern to uh oh t-bone listen what a great great move for t-bone by the way i believe you were the first two-time winner so you rock it to the top of the standings but d train if you're there t-bone already has a hoodie we're going to give it to second place courtesy of t-bone so d train hit us up just show that that is in fact your youtube uh, uh your youtube account and uh we'll send you back and uh can arrange for you to come and pick up once we know your size shout out to t-bone that is the spirit of the winnipeg sports talk family passing it forward but great work definitely at the top of the marble race standings now with two victories for t-bone i believe the first two-time winner because greg am who we thought had won twice last week came clean one was greg misner the other one was greg m so uh, anyways t-bone top of the standings right now great week folks have an awesome weekend enjoy the masters We'll have so much to get to. Blue Jays opening day and opening weekend. Masters, Jets hitting the road, and a couple games from this weekend to talk about on Monday's show. Thanks so much for being with us. And again, thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Cool Bet Canada, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Canadian Club, Nick and Nicky DQ, BP, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, and of course our golf friends over at Breezy Bend, not to mention Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, and Culligan Water, Vita Health, and F Apparel as well. Folks, have a great weekend. Enjoy the game tonight. Congratulations to all of our winners, and we'll see you Monday right here, 1 p.m. on WST. Oh my God! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.